York sports fans, I am Danielle McCartan. As you just heard, McCartan in the morning. I've got a title for everything. I am the utility player here at the fan. So you're listening to McCartan in the morning now. And I'll be talking all things New York sports with you right up till 2 p.m. on this summer Saturday morning slash afternoon here in New York City. It's going to be a hot one today. Whatever you're doing at the moment. I appreciate you tuning into the show right now and throughout the rest of the afternoon, whether that be by the pool or, or at the beach or whatever, I'm a little bit jealous. I'll be honest. Um, we're here in the Big Apple. Big Zoo and I are coming to you live from the Carton and Roberts studio, the Mike Francesa studio here in Lower Manhattan. And I've got a, uh, I've got a lot to give away today, so you might want to be locked in today. Um, I've got the Yankees turning point in the game coming up. I've got a four-pack ticket blowout to the 42nd National Sports Collectors Convention in Atlantic City, scheduled for the last couple days in July. I'll be there, and if you want to go, you'll be locked in pretty much every hour today. So lots to give away, lots to get to, and we will start off with the fact that the New York Yankees and the Houston Astros, um, it's not great if you're a Yankee fan. We are here, and it's kind of like it's deja vu all over again. Uh, to, To steal a line from the great Yogi Berra, you know, the Yankees skated by last night, too, with a 7-6 win in Baltimore. They came off a two-game doubleheader losing sweep to the Houston Astros. And, you know, I don't want to hear it. I, today, I, I don't want you calling me up, and I don't want you telling me, oh, you know, it's because the schedulers, you know, they scheduled the Yankees to have a doubleheader against the Astros coming off the All-Star break. I don't want to hear it. Or... Oh, it's because the Yankees were just coming back from the All-Star game in L.A. I don't want to hear it. And I also don't want to hear about all the Yankee fans whining about a JV team lineup that Aaron Boone may or may not have put out there. You know, Kyle Tucker was in Los Angeles for the All-Star game. He was measly two for seven on the day. Dusty Baker didn't even bring in Framber Valdez, who was in Los Angeles for the All-Star game. The Yankees didn't even have to face Justin Verlander, who, you guessed it, was also in Los Angeles for the All-Star game. So the Yankees weren't playing against, you know, the quote-unquote A-team. I know Altuve played. He was supposed to be in L.A. He didn't play. I get it. But, you know, it wasn't the A-team of the Astros either. And... You know, maybe the Yankees' all-star charter flight should have touched down earlier in Houston than it did. And if that's what it takes to win, maybe you land in Houston a little earlier. You know, Aaron Judge was talking about the Mamba mentality when he was wearing his Kobe's in L.A. Was he following it? I don't know. But if that's what it takes to take down that one team to slay that one dragon to use Aaron Boone's post-game terminology not my words his you know that 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 stands in your way of reaching the World Series I don't care if the game against the Astros is played in April you show up if you're the Yankees you show out and you make a statement and you work through whatever you know is is, is in your minds that that's telling you you know you can't beat this team Because if you beat them in the regular season, will you have that confidence going into the postseason? And also in in that uh, post-game press conference, after the second game in Houston, a very testy Aaron Boone referenced the Yankees' regular season record against the Astros last season to make the point of, well, 
you know, it's just the regular season, it doesn't matter. <laughs> to channel uh, Peter Schwartz and I were just talking about Vince McMahon and WWF at the time, to, to channel from The Rock, it doesn't matter. Well, you know what? It, it kind of does. To me, it does. And I'll tell you why. Because the Astros this season so far are 5-2 and two against the Yankees. They have owned the Yankees. And I think unless you can beat the Astros, the outlook for the Yankees is dire. Let's back up, zoom out, think big picture. Number one, do you know why Domingo Herman got the start Thursday night? It's because Aaron Boone... Siri, I gotta keep. I gotta turn this off every time I say something similar to Siri. Uh, this my watch goes off. Sorry about that. Um, but the reason why Domingo Herman got the start Thursday night was because Aaron Boone is doing everything he can possibly do to save the arms of the starting pitching, namely, and he named him 2022 All Star Nestor Cortez. He said the name Nestor Cortez, who. We talk about it all the time. Nestor Cortez has already, already exceeded the highest quantity of innings pitched per single season ever for him. So Herman, who just, what, two weeks ago was it? Boone said when he comes back, he's going to come out of the bullpen when he gets back. Well, I guess that didn't happen. Domingo Herman was lit up. Lit up. And all in the first inning. A mound visit, back-to-back home runs, a single, a walk. I mean, that is the definition of being lit up. So now the Astros have actually exposed, thinking long-term, big picture here. Don't forget, I'm not harping on one game, one inning. Bit back, zoom it out. The Astros have exposed what we have been talking about, you and I, all along here on this show. The Yankees are in dire need of a starting pitcher. For years now, okay, for years, and that's probably why they can't beat the Astros. I mean, I'm not talking, uh, you know, a number four, a number five, an extra arm. No, I'm talking about a number two guy. Maybe even a number one, okay? We can debate Cole, but at least a number two. I mean, I'm talking the Yankees needing a, a, a real-life major league starting pitcher. And in my opinion, too, a six-man rotation through the rest of the season. Regular season, that is. And number two, here's another thing that the Astros have continuously exposed in the New York Yankees. Okay? Again, I think all Yankee fans have, have, have dubbed or named, crowned the Astros as the team to beat. Well, if they're the team to beat, well, the Yankees, someone's got to tell the Yankees hitters because they hit just 151. 150, and I know batting averages and everything, but if you hit 151, not much else is working for you, right? So the Yankees hit just 151 in seven games against the Astros so far this season. Think about how long the New York Yankees have been around for. Just think about it, okay? You got it in your mind? How many years? How many hundreds, right? Hundreds, not plural, but you know what I mean. Yankees been around for a long time. And let me tell you now that... That is, that 151 average against the Houston Astros so far this season, that is their lowest single-season batting average against a single opponent in their entire history. Face it, the Houston Astros have the New York Yankees number. And I don't care that the Yankees have the best record in baseball for, what, 80-something days, whatever it is, for forever. 
You go into the postseason at zero and zero. That's when it matters. So really, Boone is right. The regular season record doesn't matter. It it really doesn't. But read between the lines, and and, and even the literal first and third base baselines, the fact is that the Astros have manhandled the New York Yankees for the better part of their seven games together so far this season. And and I heard it on the way in. Kirstie Acker, did she say that the Yankees have never beat the Astros in a postseason series? Did I hear that? I don't know. There's a lot of construction going on down the street here. I don't know if I heard that right. But Brian Cashman clearly needs to make some major upgrades before August 2nd. Major. And 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 finally, number three, coupled all of that, all of that information, coupled with the fact that, that I don't know, eight hours ago, nine hours ago, the worst possible prognosis for Michael King, one of the Yankees' best relievers, fractured elbow, done for the season. And let me tell you something. All these stupid takes I've seen on Twitter this morning when I woke up, I'm looking through Twitter. I actually was looking for the Michael King news, and I was like, ah, man, that sucks. And I started reading through some comments, and listen, people that work here on this station even are saying that Michael King's injury could and should have been avoided. I mean, what a casual. What are you going to do? You're just going to not put your arguably best reliever in in the second half of the season against your number one rival in the American League? A game that you need to win? You're right. You know what? You're right. Just sit Michael King on the bench for the rest of the second half. Make sure he's good for the play. I mean, come on. That, That makes total sense, doesn't it? Come on. You know, and it's probably the same people that are saying that you could, could and should have been avoided the injury of Michael King. It's probably the same people saying that, oh, well, you know, Aaron Boone didn't put out the, be- the, Yan- the Yankees' best lineup against the Astros that series, too. Hmm? Come on. Come on. But anyway, just a crushing blow for the New York Yankees, that injury to, to King. And, and you know what? They knew it right away. The, the, the players, they knew it right away. You didn't, you didn't need the diagnosis to come out early in the early hours of this morning. You didn't need it. Jameson Tyone, after the game in his locker, described the atmosphere as somber. And I, and I happen to notice that anytime the Yankees win, and I've been there when they've won in the clubhouse, they have, you know, the, the disco lights going and they play like loud music. It's pretty, it's like the last, it was the same couple songs over and over again. But I noticed last night in Jameson Tyone, when he was speaking, there was no music playing. So obviously the atmosphere was, was somber, right? Everybody knew it. So rest up. Speedy recovery to the King, Michael King. But you know what else is somber and sobering? The fact that last night, Aroldis Chapman gave up a three-run homer and threw two wild pitches, and he spiked one of them, right? Because I was listening on the radio. It sounds like he spiked one of them. You know, in eight games since returning from the IL, Chapman has pitched six in a third innings. And he has not been great. He's not even been good. He averages more than a run given up per inning, almost a walk-in inning. And these are, are, are largely not in any sort of high-leverage situations. I mean, the seventh inning, come on. Oh, and Jonathan Loisga, right? He was supposed to save the whole bullpen. In the 22 games this season that he's pitched, a 7.52 ERA. Opponent average just shy of 300. I mean, that's not good. <laughs> that's not going to get it done. So, yeah, add, add one more thing to the list. The Yankees, I expect them to be shopping in the relief aisle over these next couple weeks. And Mr. Genie, Brian Cashman, Aladdin, or the New York Yankee fans, they're rubbing the lamp with their three wishes before August 2nd. 
in this order, I believe, a legitimate starting pitcher number one. Wish number two would be relief pitcher, in parentheses, S, maybe plural, relief pitchers. And number three, the third wish from the Aladdin New York Yankee fans, or the New York Yankees, for Brian Cashman, the genie, is an actual hitter, not a slugger. And, right, the genie never let Aladdin down, right? So we'll see what happens. And, and, and you know, I think... I, Daniel McCartan, think that a starting pitcher should be wish-granted number one for the New York Yankees. The only, and we can get into probably in a few minutes here, which pitchers and potentially what they could cost. Um, but but for right now, the clear-cut number one is Luis Castillo. And it has been. For me, it has been for years, actually. And And if you're a fan of the show, you know that. So I want you to tell me your thoughts. 877-337-6666. Uh, oh, my God, Siri. Shut up. Uh, Mike in Massapequa, you are going to lead us off today. Mike, go ahead. I couldn't agree with you more. Good morning, by the way. Good morning. I couldn't agree with you more on Castillo um, for the reason being that he's going to be able to give you length. And what will happen is they'll end up putting Herman to the pen with the Weisinger and Holmes and um, you know, I, I personally, my personal belief on the Yankees is that the starters, although they've been good, you can see that they're kind of taking a little bit of a step back. Yep. The ERAs are going up. But, you know, we need we need more of the six innings, you know, six and a third, six and two-thirds, where these guys aren't being put out there in, in the fourth inning. You know, and I, I felt like yesterday, you know, you had two and two-thirds or two and a third and you know, Tyone's out of the game, and now you're talking about, you know, another six and a half innings of relief pitching, mm-hmm. which it seems like our starters just don't go far enough. And I think that the key to this puzzle is going to be, you know, a bona fide one or two starter. Yes. I mean, how do you feel about that? Absolutely. Mike, Mike you nailed it. That's absolutely what they need. And, and for the same fact of what you just said, guys need to go a little bit deeper into games so that they don't start dipping into the bullpen every single game, you know, you know, in a in a max capacity. And you you also said something good too, that that the Yankees they they need a bona fide starting pitcher because you could see as you as you pointed out, you can see the downward trajectory starting to happen with the wear and tear on these guys. Uh, Jameson Tyone, perfect example. I mean, you, uh, Nestor Cortez. Like, all of these guys are, are pitching at, at capacities that, that their arms are not quite used to. And that has been a concern for me for a long time, and I hope it never comes to fruition. I really hope not. I hope not. But this is a concern, and the Yankees have the ability. They have the ability to to address it, you know, now and through August 2nd. And and they should. They absolutely need to. Teddy and Yonkers, you're up next on The Fan. Good morning, Danielle. Always looking forward to listening to you. I couldn't agree more with you. I agree with you 100% of the time, basically. Thanks, Teddy. Danielle, my first question is, give me just a couple of minutes, please. Sure. So does Hal Steinbrenner sign Soto and Judge? No. He's not going to because you know why? He is so afraid of that luxury tax threshold. He he he, he won't. He just won't, which but is he a shame. Can afford it, though, I know, I know. He can afford it. I know. His father his father would have said to heck with the tax. Yep. 
I want, I want to win. Yep. And it's unfortunate. It's not like father, like son in this case. Number two, I agree with you. We need Castillo. What will it take? Are we going to have to give up Volpe no. and other things? No. I don't think so. I think the Yankees, in a deal for Luis Castillo, I think the Yankees can hold on to Volpe. I think Peraza's going, though. Oh, okay. Which is fine, because they have two shortstops. I mean, they can't play at the same time. You're right, So, so get rid of one of them. Sense. Danielle, I'm, I'm worried about Houston. And I, I hate you should to be. hear this. Oh, it's only July. I don't care. You, you just can't turn it on and turn it off. Yep. You've got to play consistently and against a team that you're going to see in the playoffs. And I know all the listeners that are listening to you and me agree. Danielle, have a great day. You're super. <laughs> Thanks, Teddy. You are super as well. Uh, that's it. You got it. No, I, I don't think. I, the answer should be yes. Go out and get so. It should be yes. I mean, it should be a no-brainer. Worry about the money later. I mean, Soto's going to be dealing with an arbitrator for the next, what, one or two years. So, so fine. Fine. They don't have to pay him right away. But you know that 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 Hal Steinbrenner is, is like, nah, man, I'm I'm not opening up I'm not opening up the wallet. I'm not opening up the checkbook for that. No. I mean, because if he wanted to do it, he would have paid judge already. Right? I mean that's that's kind of obvious. And now you're gonna not only are you gonna have to trade to get Soto, you're gonna have to pay him too eventually soon. Like in the near future. So you know, the answer should be yes. I mean, Juan Soto I, I would, like I said, I was on Wednesday night. My open Wednesday night. Juan Soto would catapult the Yankees and the Mets into the next stratosphere, okay? I mean, if, if Juan Soto goes to the Yankees and you add uh, now a couple relief pitchers, you know, just innings eaters sort of kind of guys, you add a... Now you can look to maybe add a middle-of-the-road starting pitcher to the rotation, and I've got options coming right up. Juan Soto would almost guarantee a World Series coming to, to coming to the Yankees for sure. We'll see what Jacob deGrom looks like when he comes back, but but if he looks like Jacob deGrom, then Juan Soto would, would, would guarantee a World Series for the Mets too. That's the kind of player he is, and I don't get excited about players. I don't. I really don't. But everything I studied about Juan Soto says that. Just that. So, you know, it, it, you know, the Yankees' path to the World Series in summarization here runs through Houston. Brian Cashman, the modern-day architect, I hope you're listening because you need to construct this team with the blueprint of beating the Astros, period. And I've been saying it for weeks. And ha- it, it, it hasn't manifested itself yet. So it's no longer, I, in my opinion, a matter of pitcher or hitter, which we discussed about, what, two weeks ago? I mean, the Yankees need both in the trade market this season to beat the Astros and now add relief help on the season-ending news for Michael King. So who is it? I've done my homework. I'm Daniel McCartan. Let's chat. 877-337-6666. Yeah, that's right. Just like Justin Timberlake, the New York Yankees still can't crack the code that is the Houston Astros. All right. It is time for the New York Yankees. Yankees turning point of the game contest. Wendy's, the official hamburger of the New York Yankees. Be the first caller to correctly identify yesterday's turning point of the game at 866-540-WFAN. That's 866-540-9326. And you will receive two pairs of tickets to a Yankee 2022 regular season home game. 
It is all from your flagship station for New York Yankees baseball, the fan. Good luck, everybody. <laughs> so, for the Yankees, um, with August 2nd in mind, what adjustments does this team need? Number one, it's a starting pitcher. Number two, it's a relief pitcher. And number three, it's a hitter, not a slugger. So, very, very quickly, and then we'll get to your calls. Uh, one by one, starting pitching. If it's not Luis Castillo, who who might be deemed too expensive, quote-unquote, meaning with prospects, not with money. He is, by the way, the clear-cut number one. But if it's not him, my recommendations in this order would be Johnny, let's see, do I have Quint? No, it's Jose Quintana first. Well, it's kind of like a toss-up. Johnny Cueto from the White Sox or Jose Quintana from the Pir- uh, Pittsburgh Pirates? Cueto or Quintana? I would caution Montas, and I would stay away from Bieber only because he's not a free agent until 2025, and they're going to want a boatload for him. So, uh, And Cleveland, it might still be in a mix a little bit. So, um, yeah, if it's not Castillo, I want Cueto or Quintana. Relief pitching, I think a, re- a reunion with David Robinson would make a lot of sense. But there's going to be like 20 to 30 arms, presumably, on the market. So I'm not worried about the, what the Yankees will do there. And a hitter, I mean, I, I think, as, as I just told the callers before, I, I think the Yankees will be completely out on Juan Soto, unfortunately. So um, I am completely, completely zeroed in on Andrew Benintendi. That is the guy that they need. And, and there's there's nothing not to love about The guy has not made a single error so far this season, for example. He is in the 90th percentile in strikeout percentage. And his spray chart belongs in the freaking Guggenheim. I mean, it's all over the field. He uses all fields. And what an upgrade that would be for the Yankee lineup. Because, again, when it faces good pitching, the Yankees got one hit by Castillo, the the aforementioned Castillo, and they got no hit by the Astros in New York. I mean, come on. So, 877-337-6666. We'll get to your calls here. Josh and Dix Hills, you're up on the fan. Hi, how are you? Good, how are you? I'm good. Uh, I just wanted to point out before I ask my question Mm -hmm. that I am a firm believer that April and May and early June Yankees would have undoubtedly beaten the Astros almost every time. They're throwing one-hitters just about every game. They're fielding, they're hitting, and their relief pitching was just seamless. Now, that being said, obviously, that's not the same team that we have now. So my question is... Which path would you go, knowing that we have about three prospects that people want? Would you rather go the uh, Soto route, knowing you can't get Castillo, you can't get relief pitching, you're just going to get Soto, you'll have him for two years, maybe you lock up Judge with him, uh, then you won't lock up Soto, but you will lock up Judge and have Mm -hmm. him overlap for two years? Or do you go the starting pitching and get a couple of relievers and maybe try and fix Loisaga? You assume Chapman is done. You assume Britain is not going to bring anything in. Do you assume Herman is done? Mm-hmm. So which, which route do you want, the Soto route or the pitching route, if you have to choose one because you only have three top prospects? Yeah, and Josh, I think that is an excellent question. I'm going to hang up so you can hear that. The answer here, I think it's it, that, that is the question. You know, if you are the GM of the New York Yankees, do you go the pitching route or do you go the hitting route? That's the ex, that, that is the question. So... You know, when I looked at because because I keep in mind I I operate from the framework of okay the Astros are the team to beat so what has gone wrong why haven't the Yankees beat the Astros okay the first when I studied the first couple times the first couple games not including this last Thursday's it was a combination of both it was both the pitching and the hitting and then you look at these past two games it 
it was a combination of the hitting and, and the uh, more so the relief pitching. So, uh, you know, I, I don't know. I mean, I'm not in the negotiation rooms uh, to see, like, okay, here's what the Nationals are asking for for Soto. Absolutely not. You know what I'm saying? Like, I think, I think honestly, I think anything is on the table except for Anthony Volpe. So if you have to send off Dominguez to get a uh, you know a starting pitcher, if you have to send Peraza off to getting a starting pitcher, I mean even Austin Wells, I'm I'm willing to deal. But ultimately, when it boils down to it, oh that's a that's just a tough question because it depends on the packages giving up. But priority, I would say, is probably pitching. I would say probably pitching. But that's not a confident answer there. Because, again, you have to see, what what are the Reds asking for, for Castillo? And is that value of package that you're going to be giving up, you know, what is that value? And compare that against the value that you would be willing to part with for Soto. You know, I'm not in the room. But if I were to say anything, I mean, look at the 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 the, the, the degeneration and the, sort of the breakdown of the starting pitching in the New York Yankees, I might say pitching. Mark and Bayside, you're up next on the fan. What's the Yankees? Hi, it's Danielle. This, this is uh, Mark. How you been doing? Good. How are you, Mark? Great. I uh, agree with everything you were saying earlier. I think the answer to Michael King is bring back David Robinson for the Cubs. Yeah. He used to strike at Altuve quite a number of times, as I remember, in the 2017 ALCS. He, he was a, a, a real force to at least help the Yankees get to that uh, game uh, seven, which they lost. You know, uh, and, and I think Chapman hasn't been the same since he gave up the home with El Tuve in 2019. I think Dyer would agree with that, that, yeah. Yeah, I don't know what it is. He's like, he's like totally out of it since then. It, it's a shame. I think it's a hit. I think he's a hit case. Yep. I feel bad about that. It's not just his fault. The, the pitch is, he's not as fast as he was, but I think he's become a hit case. But uh, the answer to Soto, I agree with you. If Steinbrenner's still on the team, they would get him, no doubt. Absolutely. But Hal Steinbrenner is an accountant by trade. And he went for Cole. I think he will get the money and sign Judge. But I, I think he's afraid of uh, – he told Cashman, don't trade these prospects. Now, they may be great. Don't get me, get me wrong. Dominguez may, may be great. Volpe may be great. I, lo- I love these guys. But we don't know what they're going to do in a major league uniform. Mm-hmm. And I think now they have a chance. The Yankees haven't won since 2009. Here's a chance to bring home a championship. They've they got to get uh, Soto. Uh, and, and they definitely have to sign Judge at the end of the year and bring him back. And getting Castillo is a must. Well, David Robinson. Well, Mark, now you're now you're asking for everything. I mean, that is the ultimate. Like you know, that's the plan, definitely. But Hal's not going to do it. Ownership is not going to do Castillo and Judge and, and Soto. It's, that's never going to happen. You're right. You're right. Unfortunately, you're 100% right. Uh, you know, well, you unfortunately. If it was George, it's a done deal. Oh, yeah. But, but, but Hal's an accountant by trade. Yeah, he's he not doing the it. Money. Yep. But the thing is, the Yankees have won to 2009. It's not all about money, right. unfortunately. It really isn't. Well, maybe for you or I, but, but for Hal, maybe it is. Yeah, maybe it is. <laughs> Listen, I, I guess those $14 beers, he's going to have to make 20 bucks. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. You know what? And people would pay it. You know what? I would pay for a $20 beer at Yankee Stadium if that meant bringing, it, bringing a championship to the, to the, to the Bronx. No, I, I would do it. I want to tell you the best. We even talk to the walkers at night. Sometimes it's hard for me to stay up. But to me, you're on early in the morning. I'm ready to go. And as soon as I saw you're on, I said, listen, i got to call Danielle. I haven't spoken to you at least a year. It's uh, too long. Yeah, it's been it's been a while there, Mark, and I appreciate you picking up the I phone today. You talked to, talk to my buddy Marty from Westchester. Oh, yeah, Marty calls all the time. Yeah. 
Hey, he does. He says you're the best, and you are the best. Uh, thank you. Appreciate that, Mark. Yeah. All right. All right. Have a good weekend. Right. And you too. Have a great weekend. It's always a pleasure. Thank you. Um, the pleasure is mine. Um, but uh, yeah. So you're asking for you're asking for everything, which is great. You know that? Can you imagine Castillo, Soto, and Judge? It's never going to happen. Don't imagine it because it's not going to happen. You're going you're to be put in a bad mood. That that's just not. I mean, Hal will not do it. Just for the, the the money, and that would absolutely gut the the farm system for the New York Yankees. So, the only reason why I say Volpe is the only guy that I would not touch, mostly because what do you got now? Isaiah kind of for Leffa. I mean, okay, he's a good stopgap. You know, he's a well, I don't even say good. He, he's an average stopgap. But the reason why the Yankees didn't go big game hunting on the on the shortstop market. This past offseason was because they believe in Anthony Volpe. Now, I mean, I'd like to believe in him too. I mean, but I'm not in the scouting department. I'm not in the analytics. I'm not running the track man on him. They are. So if they believe in him enough not to go out and, and bring in that big name shortstop, and a lot of them were on the market last offseason. So if the Yankees did not do that and instead sort of kind of settled for IKF, that makes me think that when Anthony Volpe does come up, Eventually, which he's due in, I think it's 2023, so I think it's next season that he's due. I could check MLB Pipeline while I, while I talk here. Um, but but when that tells me that when he comes up, that the Yankees are confident in what he can do. Let's see, Volpe, let's type his name in here. Anthony Volpe, due in 2023, yeah. So he's due in the major leagues next season. Whether that's April, whether that's July, you know, we, we don't know. No one knows that, except for the Yankees themselves, but I don't know. I don't know. Um, The National, the world's largest sports and entertainment collectible show, will be in Atlantic City at the Convention Center July 27th through the 31st. 130 superstar athletes are signing. 750 exhibitors will be there. You do not want to miss this show, the nsccshow.com for more details. And guess what? I'll be there too. And you know what? And the trade deadline is not till August 2nd, but between our Yankees and our Mets, the Mets were the ones who made the first move. Meet Daniel Vogelback. And I know they've got the ball rolling, but what more do the Mets need to do? 877-337-6666. Hey, welcome back to McCartan in the morning. I am Danielle McCartan with you till 2 p.m. So we are just getting into it on this on this summer Saturday, this hot summer Saturday. It's already 88 degrees here in Manhattan. Uh, and, uh, you know, between our two at or near the top of the standings baseball teams here in New York, the Mets were the ones to make the first move. They uh, dealt rookie reliever Colin Holderman for the left-handed DH slash first base, pretty much DH, Daniel Vogelback. Who is uh, he's only played in exactly five innings in the field so far this season. So that's why I just call him like a DH. We'll get into that. Uh, congrats to Gerard, who won the Yankee tickets. Um, but before we get into any of that, the National, the world's largest sports and entertainment collectible show, is coming to Atlantic City, the convention center, from July 27th through July 31st. Right now, let's be caller. Ooh, mm, let's go. I threw out the second. First pitch last night at the Rockland Boulder. So caller number two at 866-540-WFAN. That's 866-540-9326 for your 
chance to win the it's a, it's a four pack of tickets. It's a four pack for any one day of the show. I'll be there on Wednesday, maybe Thursday, and I hope to see you there. This is obviously from our friends at the National Sports Collectors Convention. So good luck. Buck Walter said of Daniel Vogelback after last night's game, you have to give up quality to get quality. He's been really good. Solid left-handed hitter against right-handed pitching, especially. And he's a selective hitter. That's a quote from Buck Walter. We're hoping that Daniel could take this to another level in that DH spot. Billy Epler kind of said the same thing. He said we wanted an offensive player in here, and we know that two-thirds of the pitchers we face are right-handed. I didn't check in the validity of that, but I'll trust the GM, right? And grabbing Daniel, he said, we were able to get a power bat here. His plate discipline really fits our offensive philosophy, which is making good decisions in the batter's box, swinging at strikes, not balls, great on-base percentage, great power. Okay, great. In terms of DH production from the Mets, we talked about it before. The Mets ranked 23rd, or tied for 23rd in the league, in their DH's batting average, in their DH's OPS, and their DH's home runs. Just nine home runs from the DH position for the Mets so far. So it's it, clearly, it's a dire need, right? There was a clear and obvious need for a DH. But it's almost like, and Zoo and I were talking about this before, it's almost like Vogelback is like half of a DH. Like, his numbers against lefties are not good. Like, he hits 141 against lefties with a slugging percentage of 156 and not a single home run against lefties. So I think that the Mets kind of gave up a promising reliever, which is a position of need for the Mets, even with Holderman on the roster there, or at least waiting in the wings, right? For a guy who will only be deployed against righties, like half of a DH? They gave up a whole relief pitcher for a half of a DH? And I just wonder why a reliever had to go with no replacement just yet. I mean, the Mets are already thin at that position. They obviously need to bolster that inconsistent bullpen already moving forward. And Billy Epler seems to think that it's going to be a a quote-unquote robust relief market. Okay, and that's what Anthony DiComo told us on Wednesday night. There could be 20 to 30 arms on that market, so we'll we'll see. Lewis in Short Hills, you're up on the fan. Hey, good morning. Um, First, I want to say I really enjoy listening to you. You make my Saturdays better, so I appreciate that. Thank you. Um, This deal feels very much like same old Mets to me. It does not feel like a Steve Cohen deal. It feels much more like a Fred Wilpon deal. Daniel Vogelback is maybe 30% better than Dom Smith. Maybe. I don't know. I want to feel like there is a willingness to do anything, and Vogelback is not a willingness to do anything. It's a willingness to do something. I'm not saying we have to get Juan Soto, but we could have had Kyle Schwarber. We got Mark Hanna. Like, we can do better, and there is money to be spent. I just... I don't know. I'm not excited about this. No. I don't wake up this morning going, I got Daniel Vogelback. Like, yeah. <laughs> it's just not how I feel. So I want more. Yeah. Lewis. I, I just want more. Lewis, you are completely valid in feeling that. Daniel Vogelback is half of a DH. It, it, to me, it's a lateral move. It is. It's just a lateral move. And I'm wondering now that if the Mets, you know, this is the move they made. And, 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 and I'm wondering if that's, you know, Inked in, in, in period. Stop. Done. That's our DH solved. Uh, I'm afraid of that, actually. Half of a DH. Half of a DH for a full relief pitcher. Come on. 
Kevin and Camden, you're up next on the fan. Hey, Coach, how are you? I'm great, Kevin. How are you? I'm good. I want to talk about the Yankees um, and the Mets. I want to talk about the Yankees, though. Sure. You're right. You were talking about the Yankees and the starting pitching because Castillo's my target, too. You're right there. You're right about Robertson. I would get him, too, because I'm I'm so done watching Chapman. I, 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 oh. it, all hope is lost to me with him. I mean, he is I, – I can't even – You know what talk. it is? Kevin, he lost confidence in, in the fastball last summer. You yep. saw it happen. There was a clear markation of delineation or whatever, however you say that. When he lost yep. confidence in the fastball, I talked to them. They're trying to get him back. You know, I was in the in the dugout with the pitching coach. They're trying to get his confidence back. He never regained confidence in that fastball. The guy is a thrower, not a pitcher. He can't seem yep. to reinvent himself as a pitcher. There comes a point where every hard thrower has to reinvent themselves, and he just can't seem to do it. I've seen enough of him. And I'm done. He'll be, he'll be out of baseball if he doesn't. If this doesn't. If he doesn't Yes. Yeah. Yes. Um, he Robertson was one guy I would target. Another guy, and I don't know if you thought about this, Michael Fulmer from Detroit. Yeah, Fulmer is two, a consideration. Uh, one batting average, only give up nine runs all year. Mm-hmm. Give up one home run. So I mean, he's you know he's going to be a free agent next year. Yeah. So it's a, you know, I would say you know out of all this, because I check the relievers. I mean, Brad Hayden, I wouldn't do. Familia, I definitely wouldn't bring. I mean, I'm, the relievers aren't really the, the plus relief market. There's really is. Eh. Like, they're not really big names, and that's at least to my Mets point. This this um, this move, eh, meh. Yep. I mean, it's just you know you got somebody, but I, I gotta be honest. I'm like, who the? I had to look him up last night because I have no idea who that Bobo Bach was. I was like, who the heck is this guy? <laughs> You know, Kevin, I had a whole list of potential fits for the Mets, like a whole list of them. I studied like six guys and and Vogelback was, I was like, you know what? I'm going to just, I'm not going to bother looking at him because I really don't think the Mets are going to do it. So I kind of had his name at the bottom of my, my little T charts that I do. And, um, and that's the guy they went with. And I was kind of like, huh, that's the guy I left off my chart. Huh? Yeah, no. And I, and I just, Holdem is one of your, and you just said it. Holdem is one of your better relievers, and the Mets bullpen's been bad. I would have traded if, if, if you could, Drew Smith. Drew Smith, I would get rid of before Holdem. Yeah. But, but I mean, Holdem is one of your better guys. He's going. Listen, every time a player leaves the Mets or the Yankees, they always seem to get better outside of New York. Well, so that, my, that's that... my fear is that he's going to be better now in Pittsburgh, and they, and they do have a good job of developing uh, pitchers. Because when AJ Burnett left the Yankees to go to Pittsburgh, he reinvented himself. Mm. So, I mean, I've, I've seen it happen before, and it's going to be good for Holdman. But I'm just, I don't know. The Mets offense is again asleep as they did last night. I don't know. I, I, I don't think this is going to solve their issues, and I'm, and I'm not feeling good. And as far as the, the Yankees, too, the Yankees, uh, the Houston is their kryptonite. They cannot, I don't know what it is, they cannot beat the Astros. The Yankees need to get wake up, even though they beat the, barely beat the Orioles. The, the, Mets, the Mets need to start hitting, too, because you're going to, the game and a half lead over the Braves. You don't start hitting, you're going to lose that division lead. Now, granted, you got like a, like 20 games over 500, but you, 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 I'd rather win the division than win the wild card at this point. Mm-hmm. So that's, I mean, that's just, I'm just frustrated. Hopefully things get better, but there has to be more because, and I definitely, if you're the Mets, you got to get Soto, and if you're the Yankees, you got to get Soto. But, I mean, I want to see more from both New York teams right now. That's my point. That's how I feel about it, to be honest with you. You know what, Kevin? You're right on. You're right on. That's it, with everything you said. Uh, and, of course, it could be the fact that New York is the pressure cooker of all that, right? But I, I just got a tweet from Tom Clayton. He said, the Yankees won't touch Andrew Benintendi from Kansas City. He's not vaccinated, and they have six games left in Toronto, plus potential playoff games. Well, actually, they have three games left in 
Toronto. They have six, three home and three away, and I'm good. Uh, this is why we're back. Yankees have three games left in Toronto in the regular season. I'm good with that and not scared of Toronto at all whatsoever in the postseason. Make the move. Uh, all right, let's let's uh, let's hit the, the break. We've got an update from Peter Schwartz. He's here right next to me in the studio to my left. And we- oh, well, welcome back to McCartan in the morning. I guess it's still morning, 11 a.m. Good morning, everybody. Wake it up. I'm Danielle McCartan with you till 2 p.m. on the fan here in New York City. You on your way to the beach? Are you on your way to the pool right now? Oh, I'm a little bit jealous. I'll be out there too. Uh, you know what happened yesterday? The Rockland Boulders sent me a little invitation to throw out the first pitch. Uh, I would say maybe two months ago, and I uh, had this date last night's date circled on my calendar for a long time. And as I'm driving to Clover Stadium in Pomona, New York, it starts to downpour. Now I have 20 people coming to this game, that 20 people that have rearranged their schedules to come and see me throw this first pitch. And it's it's like sideways raining. And I'm like, oh, my God, no way. Of course, my luck. Anyway, it, it cleared up. But So I went out uh, to uh, one of the, the high school fields by my house and uh, in the batting cage there, and I, and I was doing a little practicing because, you know, I've never really thrown off of a, um, a real mound from a real distance. I, I used to play baseball, but not, like, from a real distance. They made, By that time, they made me switch to softball. So I was like, you know, let me just get a little feel for the mound, you know, get, get used to throwing a baseball again, not a softball. It's a lot lighter. Um, so I went with a, 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 a couple balls, and I went down there, and I was throwing, throwing, throwing. I, was like, I, had, I had this idea, and I'm like, wait, should I Nestor Cortez this? I started practicing, started YouTube and a couple of its windups, and they're all not the same. They're all unique windups. So I'm like, maybe I should Nestor Cortez this first pitch. So I tried a few different variations of it. And 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 I gotta tell you, my knee's been bothering me for about I haven't run in about almost two weeks now. Because short story here, in my women's league, we have the the bases that that when you push off of them, they slide, and I forgot. So I was going, I hit a gap where I was going to second base and I pressed off the base and, and it slid and, and I hurt my knee. So the little torque I was generating from the Nestor Cortez uh, windup was uh, was was hurting my knee. So I was like, you know what? I can't screw this up. Okay, I, I don't want to go viral in a bad way. So I'm just gonna just gonna do a regular pitch there. So I go out there and they don't give you any warm up throws at all. So I'm like waiting on the side. I'm like you know, get my arm ready, you know, they gave us a suite, it was beautiful, and I just want to say thank you, thank you to Kevin Tuve, Seth Cantor, by the way, you know him, uh, just kind of like this, this bucket list experience up there, and uh, they they just made fantastic arrangements for all my closest friends and family, and uh, they brought me up to the broadcast booth, they showed me how TrackMan works, which is it's awesome, it's just really, it was just a really fun, fun, fun time, but I'm standing out there, and I'm like, oh, God. Kind of keep my trying to keep my arm loose. Luckily, it was hot out. I'm like, oh, I can't, I can't bounce this. I, and that's the, the when I put the video up on uh, Twitter. I put, don't bounce it, they'll boo you. Uh, obviously, that's Derek Jeter. What he told his advice to to pre- then President Bush when he threw out that first pitch after 9/11. So I'm like, don't bounce it, they're gonna boo you. Don't bounce it, they're gonna make funny on the radio. So the catcher squatted down, and I told him, I pointed to the mound. I said, no, I'm pitching from the rubber. And he kind of, like, looked at me like, okay. <laughs> so I went out there, and uh, it was a little high. Um, it was a little high, but it had a little zip to it. And uh, I think it was a pretty fine first pitch. So if you go ahead and at Coach M-C-C-A-R-T-A-N on Twitter. I think, yeah, I put it up on Instagram, too. And Facebook.com slash Coach McCartney. You'll see it. Take a look. Take a look at it. Let me know. 
All right, so we were just getting into talking about, and thank you, by the way, to the Rockland Boulders. So we were just talking about the Yankees and the Mets at the trade deadline. What needs to happen? Ben in Queens, tell me. What's up? Coach in the morning. Howdy. Uh, you, you answered my first question. I was going to ask you how it went. I'm glad for that. I, uh, and you answered the second question. I was wondering about the Nestor Cortez thing. Yeah, I, so. didn't, I didn't end up doing it. I, I was like, I, I didn't end up doing it. I wanted to, though. Okay. so Maybe next me, time. Let me let you in on my night. Okay, so I'm chilling. Uh, family's here. We're watching the World Track and Field Championships. I have the the Yankee game updating on my phone, and I see Michael King goes out. So I'm like, okay, hopefully it isn't anything big. Hopefully it's not too serious. That Sidney McLaughlin just had a, a break the world record. Looks awesome. I'm like, yeah, yeah, ding. Sources say Michael King may be out for the year. So in the span of 90 seconds, I went from jubilation at one of the best things I've ever seen to, oh, my God, I have to rely on him coming out of the bullpen for the rest of the year. Mm-hmm. Sports. And, uh, and on that cheery note, let me just remind everybody, hey, Little League semifinals start all over the country. So get, look up your local Little League. It may be playing. So there it goes for Little League World Series. Now the Houston problem. Houston, the Yankees have a problem. Well, here's the thing, right? Here's the thing. I love the dichotomy of seeing the same guys who are ripping Cashman and Boone for having Houston in the, on their brain early this season. Okay? Ripping them for, you ain't doing enough for Houston now. Which is it, guys? Well, is it, is it, you gotta do, now, now there's a point to where I'm going with this. Is it, is it, we gotta worry about them the whole year? Or is it, or is it only when it's convenient we gotta worry about them? Me, I'm gonna worry about it all year. Right? I'm with you. I want a contact hitter help to, to help because in situations where the, all the big bats go dead. Yeah. You know, I, I need the contact hitter with their pitching. But that turns me back looking at them and just looking at my Yankee team straight. Like, what, what, uh, and I brought up Little League for a reason. What happened to the we got to get on base, we got to do anything to win mentality? Yeah. That, that, that's that's, that's it. it. We, we, uh, and, and I'll leave on this one. When you face Houston, and you know, you know they have you like this where they keep the offense down, get inventive. Get on base. Make contact. You have to go back to the little mentality. You have to. But and sometimes, thank you, appreciate it. And sometimes you just don't have the guys on the roster that, that can get it done. You know, and, and you think about getting it done in clutch situations so far, this year, this Yankees team, God forbid, a postseason game goes into extra innings. Because, again, with the runner on second base, you're, of course your objective is to move him over. You know you know, you know how to do it. You hit the ball to the right side of the field. You get a sack fly. All that, right? You bunt him over even. There's many ways to do it. The Yankees, in extra inning games, are 6-4. and four, Almost a 500 team. It's almost like, all right, well, if this game goes into extra innings, the Yankees pretty much have a 60% chance of winning it. I mean, maybe that's good. But in a postseason, I don't trust it, especially for a team built like this. 
Hey, uh, let's go Waterbury, Connecticut. What's up, Ray? Hi, good show as usual. Thank you. Appreciate that. Uh, you know, the Mets picking up Vogelback. I mean, that, that tells me they're going to have another guy to platoon with him at, at the DH. If that's the case, well, then they need, uh, they need a, a hitter from another position. Like, you, I've had enough of Escobar. Mm. I know he's a good guy and everything, but he's just not going to hit. He doesn't hit the fastball, and the catchers don't hit. So you can't have seventh and eighth and ninth guys not producing. Yep. So they, that means that tells me they're going to have to go. I would go after Contreras. Let him catch. Oh, Contreras or, or is a third base or a third oh. baseman would pop. Listen, Ray Contreras is number one on my list for the New York. Like, like they can't not get Wilson Contreras. He immediately makes that a better team. Immediately, forget Soto. You're right. If if you're out on Soto, fine. If you're the Mets, you should be in. But if you're out, that's fine. You need to go and get Wilson Contreras. You you nailed it. Yes. Right, because Contreras will give you, and he can play another position too. He's played with the Cubs. He used to play a little third, a little outfield in his, in his early years, you know. But the thing about it is, at least you nail down catching with some hitting. And now, if you want to try to get through with Escobar at, at uh, third, and then the DH whoever yeah. platoons with Vogelbach, right. you, you, you got something going then, you know. Yeah, makes it a little bit more stomachable, right? Yeah. Yeah, Ray, I like it. Wilson Contreras, man. I mean, he he's he's the guy. Wilson Contreras is the guy. The Mets can't swing and miss on him. I've been, I've been championing Wilson Contreras for, for, you know, how many weeks now? Weeks and weeks. I got a tweet from at uh, KS Roaring Branch back to the, the, the video, the, the first pitch video I did uh, put up last night. By the way, it's got almost 3,000 views, which is crazy. But he wrote, or she, I don't know, because this is like a an ambiguous little profile picture there. But the person wrote, you reached the plate, question mark? I wrote back, you're surprised, question <laughs> mark. I was re- I was ready to leave there. They invited me. They li- Maybe they weren't serious, but they did invite me back for the tryout uh, to this morning and tomorrow morning. I don't know if that was serious or not. Maybe I should really show up tomorrow and see what they think. Tony in Ocean, New Jersey. You're up on the fan, Tony. Hey, Danielle. First of all, I want to tell you, I never called the fan as much as I called this week. I can listen to Tiki and, and Tierney and you. 24-7. I mean, I've never met so many people that give people a chance to talk on this station and are very knowledgeable in numerous sports. That's first of all. Well, thank you. Second of all, I'm a diehard Mets fan, but I will say this. Every Yankee fan's going up saying, why is Gallo in the lineup? Well, because it's the trade deadline, and they're trying to improve his value. And he hit a home but run mostly, last night. So there you go. Yeah, but most but mostly, Danielle, everybody keeps saying how the Mets need bullpen. And, and I'm older than you. I'm 59. I've been a Mets fan since 73. Would you take McGill, David Peterson, and Trevor Williams in your bullpen? Sure you would, right? Yeah, but what does the well, starting rotation look like? Oh, go ahead. Yeah, but listen to what I'm saying. So even without the Grom, you got four good starters right now that are pitching to a good ERA. If he comes back, if. These guys are all going to the bullpen and spot starters. I, I know they got weakness in the bullpen, but they also have arms that are going to be moved there. The second thing is, I don't. The other thing is, I don't like what Eplett did with Vogelback. Mm-hmm. Um, not at all. But maybe the Contreras thing is in the background because I, seven, eight, nine—they're horrible. Mm-hmm. Now I know Escobar's had a bad year, but I like him there anyway. Whatever. But eight, they're getting killed with the catching position. I'm That's tired right. of seeing 
seeing Nito yep. look like he's uh, the freaking, I don't know, Dave Winfield up at the plate and not making contact. Right. And, and even McCann, too, you know? Even McCann. Oh, I know, but they're tied into McCann for mm-hmm. two years. That's the problem. I know. But can you imagine a, a backstop with uh, McCann slash Contreras? I, I, I Honestly? Oh, yes, absolutely. Yes. Uh, but I, And another thing I want to get to, because I know you're a coach. I played ball up in Jersey City for many years. I played semi-pro baseball. Not that I'm pushing my boat. But <laughs> here's what I don't understand about the shift. Now, you probably teach your players, and you probably learned when you were playing baseball that if the pitch is on the outside corner, just go with it, correct? Absolutely, and that's what I teach my kids, right. too. So why, uh, wouldn't they put, why wouldn't they put these shifts on? Yeah. Our pitch is still throwing fastballs on the outside corner. I don't know. It's a good question because they can't hit them. <laughs> I, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, they can't hit them. The, the Mets have to go out and get another bat. We all know that. Yep. I don't like Vogelbeck unless – Unless there's another corresponding listen, his move. Left-handed numbers, his left-handed numbers are just as good as anybody's in baseball, really. So if they can go out and get Contreras, then I think that would be the piece that would complement the DH as well as the catching and bring offense to that ninth spot. Yep. Yeah, and Tony, and even and, and even higher than that. Thanks for the call there, Tony, in, in Ocean, New Jersey. And even higher than that, too, because you can move Contreras to maybe like a six and bump everybody else down a little bit. So... Because uh, obviously he's a good hitter. You want to get him some more at bats, but you're not putting him high, high up. He's not a threat to run or anything. And and by the way, <laughs> by the way, uh, neither is Vogelbach. He is not a threat to run. And Zoo and I were talking before the show. You know, what are you going to do in the fifth inning? He he can't stretch. You know, a single into a double. The guy. So I don't know. And by the way, I got a response from uh, from that person too. And. They wrote back, actually, actually, no, I'm not surprised, although it's farther than people think. Aiming for the catcher's head usually works well. You're a really good sport. I hope you know I'm only kidding. Love your passion. All right, great, thanks. So, so now that we're all on the same page, only kidding. All right, good. Oh, Eric in Ronkonkoma, it has been a while. Yes, it has. Although you got me a little worried when you first started the show, Danielle. I've never heard you fired up before like that. So oh, yeah. That's, uh, you know, I mean, I was starting to think, you know, that that uh, it was somebody impersonating you there. Oh, but, oh no, uh, no, no, no. You know, the Yankees have a but, huge problem, and it's the Houston Astros. So what are you going to do about yeah. it? Yeah. Oh, absolutely. And, you know, it's funny, you know, because I, I was talking to, you know, several of my coworkers are uh, are Yankee fans. And, you know, uh, you know, after they lost the doubleheader and I'm driving into, into work and I'm hearing, you know, some of the dialogue going on. And I said to them, I'm like, you know, Yes, they have a you know they have the best record in baseball. Okay, you know that that says a lot. But you know why can't why can't people realize that maybe Houston is just better than them? You know because I mean I, I think there's, there's been enough of a sample size this year, the last couple of years. They they they're clearly shown that they're not afraid of the Yankees, and mm-hmm. that says a lot. And, you know I, I thought that was going to be a big push for Toronto. Toronto showed that too. But they they've fallen off quite a bit. Yep. So the, the the fear factor, even though they might not be afraid of the Yankees, the um, you know they, they can't translate it to the field right now. Right, and but you know what? Houston, but then but then if you're Brian Cashman, you're like, okay, well then that's the point of view I take. Okay, well then how do we beat this team? What can I do as the GM of the Yankees right. to construct this team to beat this Astros team? That's how I take it. Right. Well, well, that's it. Right. Exactly. Because you know that that's when you start. Looking at you know, do they go after Soto? Do they go after Castillo? I honestly, I don't think anyone because I've heard people say, "Oh, well, I, just get them both." 
that's not going to happen. No one's getting both Castillo uh, and, and Soto in, in the same deal. It's, it's just, just not going to happen. I, I, you know, I'd be enormously shocked if, if anyone pulled that off. Yeah. But you know, you know, but but yes, they they do have to make a move, as do other teams as well. I mean, the Mets clearly need to make moves to to you know to bolster you know their team and to pull ahead of you know pull away from the Braves which is what I'm hoping for. But, you know, and let's not, let's not discount the fact that, look, look who's managing Houston. I mean, I know everyone was saying, oh, well, I mean, look at what they did a few years ago, mm-hmm. you know, with the whole uh, controversy and everything. But Dusty Baker is a, is a damn good manager. Well, that's why you know, they and, brought him in, to, yeah. to be that right. guy, you know. Yep. Yeah, yeah exactly. And and so that, that says a lot, too, you know, with what's going on. So, I mean, you know, he may be, you know, the, the, the quiet, you know, person in the background, but uh, but I tell you, you know, it, uh, he solidified that uh, that team as well. I'm not saying Aaron Boone's a bad manager; you know, he's he's clearly getting more experience and everything. But I mean, if he push comes to shove, you know, and you got to compare those two, I mean, I'm putting my chips on Dusty Baker every time. So yeah. that, that that says a lot too, and especially with the playoffs. So yep. So. Well, Eric, and thanks for the call there. And and I just want to tell this story too. I know I have to hit the break here in a second, but I was watch. I was glued to. The coverage of uh, all week, uh, I guess it was Monday when they had all the media availabilities out in L.A., uh, whatever day that was. I think it was Monday. And I watched an interview. I watched Dusty Baker's. Um, it was the two starting pitchers and the two managers. And there was a question from one of the, I don't know who it was. The microphones weren't even working, so I didn't even hear the guy introduce himself. But um, the guy asked the question about if Dusty Baker could expand upon the fact that he went out and purchased well, I guess he kind of gave the credit card out to, to the coaches in, on his all-star game coaching staff, and he said, you know what? Go buy yourself a nice suit for these media availabilities. And and so that was kind of the question, and Dusty Baker started his answer with, well, how do you know about that? So, yeah, he is the kind of, like, behind-the-scenes kind of guy, and, you know, he said he was asked about how he, oh, this is my, I have to go re-up my parking alarm, <laughs> or else I'm going to get a ticket. But in essence, basically what I'm saying is the guy's a, a, a player's manager. He said he was going to, Construct his lineup to to be the um, uh, you know which guys want to get out of there fast. I mean, he, the, the Astros got the right guy to to write that ship after that 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 complete and utter disaster that went on in Houston. Fine, um, and he's got the experience, so we'll have to wait and see. But but from a from a roster construction standpoint, that's kind of where we're going today. Um, what is it for the New York Yankees? Where do the Yankees and Mets need to go from here? Is Soto a legitimate option? And if not, what is plan B? I'm Daniel McCartan. Give me a call about all of that as I re-up my parking from the app. And I got to get something off my chest, too, about the the Major League Baseball draft. Okay? All right, 877-337-6666. Hey, welcome back to McCartan. I don't know, in the morning. Daniel, the daytime here on the fan. I got it all covered. You know that already. I'm the utility player here. Super utility. Which, by the way, there needs to be a an all-star category for a utility player. Because poor DJ LeMayhew, am I right? And, and guys like him. I'm not saying this year, but just in general. Um, so we were just talking about uh, Dom Smith uh, on Twitter, actually. So I got a tweet that says, uh, this paves the way to trade Dom Smith in a package for uh, an RP, relief pitcher. Someone wrote, so you mean it paves the way to release Smith and trade for a relief pitcher? What exactly is Smith... Dom Smith going to bring in return. He's shown next to nothing all season and not much more than last year. And I wrote back in quotes the word potential. And I wrote back in quotes the word or the phrase change of scenery. 
So you'd have to think that Dom Smith should be on the move soon, right? And also on the break, I did check Twitter, and you can tweet me at Coach M-C-C-A-R-T-A-N, Facebook.com slash Coach McCartan as well, and as well as Instagram. Uh, A tweet from Jack Curry. Jack Curry says that the Yankees... Sorry, I snoozed my parking thing. Sorry, not stopped it. There we go. I'm all paid up. Don't give me any parking tickets. I'm all paid up, all right? Tweet from Jack Curry says the Yankees have reached out to express interest in acquiring Juan Soto. Woohoo! Now it's a matter of the Nationals telling the Yankees and other teams what they want for a generational talent. It's early in the process. Both sides must determine if there's a match in terms of talent exchange. And that is from Jack Curry. What will it take to get Juan Soto here? In the Bronx. And did you see that Derek Jeter tweeted one of the more memorable lines from episode two of The Captain, if you're watching? He said, loyalty one way is stupidity. And that was a pretty good line. I retweeted it. But you know who else quote tweeted it? Juan Soto. And he also wrote a single keystroke, a period. Statement made. That's what that means. And by the way, the tweet from Juan Soto has since then been deleted. So will he be on the move? To either of our New York teams, he is clearly feeling disrespected down in D.C. Well, I think he should be. I think the Yankees are doing their due diligence. I'd like to see if the Mets are, too, because, I mean, honestly, in terms of fit, he fits on both teams. It's just a matter of now, the cost. I'm not. If I'm the Yankees, I'm not giving up Volpe. If I'm the Mets, everything's on the table. Uh, okay, here we go. Let's go to the calls, 877-337-6666. And we will go in the order that you called Mike in Staten Island. Matt, Mike, you're up on the fan. Hey, Danielle, how are you? Thanks for taking the call. Hey, thanks for making it. I got one idea for the Mets, and I have another question to ask you. I think there's a relief pitcher out there that really fits and makes the Mets and the Rockies really good trade partners. Okay. Now, the Rockies the Rockies have been trying to trade C.J. Krohn. That's one of oh, their uh, yeah. first basemen. And uh-huh. He's a beast. Yep. Now, Dom Smith is probably going to go and – Colorado has a relief pitcher, Daniel Bard, that's closing for them right now. Okay. And he used to pitch in Boston. I think it's a natural natural fit. Dom Smith for Daniel Bard, and let's get it done. I think if they move Crone, they need a first baseman, he could beast in Colorado. Oh, I see what you're saying. So you're, you're not put, shipping Crone to New York. Although, no, yeah. I'm thinking, right. I'm I thinking Crone's probably going to go somewhere, mm-hmm. and they're going to need a first baseman. Yep. I just think it works. Mm. Mm, I kind I kind of like that. Yeah, I think I think there's there's something to be had there if they can. I think Colorado would probably do something like that. Hmm. Yeah, I, I kind of like that, Mike. That that's a pretty good idea. Um, but the thing is, the only thing I would say is that that Daniel Bard. I, I think it might be a little much, and I know Dom Smith is is not worth you know what he used to be or once was worth. But Daniel Bard is a free agent next season, so maybe Dom Smith who is, you know, quote-unquote major league caliber player, right? I think that might be a little too expensive, uh, but I like the thought process in in shipping out C.J. Crone and needing the first baseman. But then again, I'm not in the negotiations rooms. I I don't know what Dom Smith, uh, you know, is worth nowadays. Uh, uh, Joe in Queens, you're up on the fan. Hi, good morning, Danielle. Good morning, or good afternoon. How are you? Yeah, 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 just about yeah. Um... (laughs) I came in the middle of a conversation while I was in my car. I, I just want to make sure you understand. You were talking about the ghost runner 
60% of Yankees get it home. Um, no, 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 no. What yeah. I was saying, yeah, the, so that yeah. when in, in extra innings games, everybody knows the ghost runner is on second base to start, right? And the Yankees right. are 6 and 4. So they've won 60% of the games that go into extra innings. I understand. But um, there is no ghost runner in the playoffs, am I correct? Uh, I think after, I think they have it after a certain amount of innings, they have it in the playoffs. Really? I didn't think so. Okay. I think. Um, I, I'm not positive on that. I, I'm not sure. Yeah, I don't, th- I don't think there is, but I could be wrong also. Um, the one yeah, thing I'll about, you up. know, this guy, the other guy they called earlier about showcasing Gallo. I th- you know, I, I'm a big Yankee fan. I've been, you know, I don't boo the guy. I really, you know, you, you feel bad for him. <laughs> yeah, but you do. You, you know, like I told the guy who, who answered the phone when I called, it's like, if you're trying to showcase this guy, it's like, Showing somebody a Volkswagen and, and asking for a Cadillac price. <laughs> I, I really thought they should have brought up the kid like Florio and, and, and showcased him. Mm. Uh, you know, it, uh, it's just a thought. I just think guys like Florio, if they're going to make any type of deal, they're really going to have to fleece the prospects, and that's the big decision. Yeah, and you know what, though, Joe? I, I would be okay with it. Because you know why? You don't know if Judge is coming back. You know what I mean? Like the Yankees are like they've been in win now mode for the past couple of seasons, and they just haven't done it. They haven't gone all the way. So does it mean fleecing prospects to, to which is what they are prospects to go ahead and, and and make sure? Well, you can't make sure of anything, but you know to go ahead and get that Castillo, to go ahead and get that Juan Soto, and then worry about the money later. You got to do it. You have to do it. And by the way, I did look it up as of March twenty twenty two. MLB, again, will have a ghost runner on second base beginning in the 10th inning for all regular season uh, all regular season games. Sorry about that. Uh, oh, God, postseason. I got to look that up. Post, post, post. It's not coming up. All right, I'll, f- I'll figure it out. Um, but if anybody does know, let's, let me ch- I, there's a bunch of people on Twitter that do always know things like this. Uh, no, nothing. All right, I'll figure it out. Uh, let's go to John in uh, Brooklyn. You're up next on The Fan, John. Hey, what's going on? Thanks for taking my call. Really appreciate Thanks it. For um, so I was listening earlier, and I, had, yeah, I heard you had a caller uh, uh, saying something about the, you know, get the guy in, get the guy on, get the guy over, get the guy in. Unfortunately, that's just not the Cashman way. He, they're so tied into analytics that the bunt is dead, the hit and run out. Although they've been doing it a little more this year than than in past years. Yes, they're just not they're not going to do it because when you got a guy, guy like Cashman last year said the strikeout doesn't concern him. That bothers me because yeah. nothing gets a guy home from third than a good old-fashioned strikeout. You know, it's just it's frustrating to watch. And, again, we're 35 games over 500 or 12-game lead. Sure. I'm not complaining. I'm happy as a Yankee fan. But, but, you but, know, jo- but John, when you get to the postseason, you're 0-0. You're zero zero. Exactly. That's it. Exactly. No, you're exactly right. And that's what concerns me because you, you have to get a guy like Ben Attendi, uh, someone that's going to make some type of contact. I'm not asking for a home run. I'm not asking for a double. You know, or even bring a guy like like poor Andujar. I mean, what has he done to this organization that he cannot get a break? You'd rather have a guy hitting 160 in a lineup mm-hmm. uh, in Gallo. All right, he has a better glove than Andujar. But, I mean, it's just – it amazes me sometimes with, with the thinking of, of, of the GM and the manager. It just, it just boggles my mind. Well – yeah, it, it does. And when you get it, you know, like, John, when you when you were a kid playing baseball, what was the, when you're at bat, what was the one outcome of your plate appearance that you couldn't stand to do? Strikeout. Yeah, I know. And these Strikeout. guys are walking right. back to the Strikeout. dugout. Like, it's like, eh, Like okay. it's nothing. Yeah, like it bothers it's not a big me. Deal. 
I know. It's okay to strike out nowadays. That's, I know. And it, that's what they say. They literally say that it's okay to strike out. I just, Crazy. I don't Ridiculous. like it. It's ridiculous. I don't like it. Yeah. No. Well, we'll see what happens, John. And, 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 and on to that end, I mean, the correct answer here is Andrew Benintendi. I am not worried about the three regular season games in Toronto that he has left. I'm not worried about the Toronto Blue Jays in the postseason. I'm just not. Andrew Benintendi is the guy for the Yankees moving forward. The guy strikes out, like, it's like 13% of the time. He's in the 90th percentile of strikeouts, which is really good, if you didn't know. Sparky and Dobbs. Sparky, I'm so sorry I couldn't get to you on Wednesday night. They started the music on me. I'm so sorry. Oh, no. Just to let you know, I was a little drowsy and stuff because the day before I had hernia surgery, and so I was a little dizzy, tired. All right, well, I hope you're okay now, then. No, they doctor did a great job. Okay. Now, with Soto, I think Soto's salary situation, his contract is perfect for the Mets. Because let's say they got him. You have him for this year and the next two. Right. Now, in a post-season series, short series, the two most dangerous players on the Mets are DeGrom and Scherzer. Mm-hmm. Okay? Now... By the time Soto's contract is up, DeGrom and Scherzer will probably only be with the Mets. Hmm. Yeah, you, you know, know what, though, Sparky? The Mets, uh, to me, they're not concerned about financials, really. I, I think for no, the Mets, you know it's, what? it's you about know the I prospects. Meant, you know why I mentioned that, though? Not about Cohen's crazy money, but... In three years, those two guys, I think, will be gone, and that frees up like $70 million they could use to pay Soto. Oh, that, that's, that's, yeah, right. Yeah, you're right. Okay. All right, now, with the Yankees, you're 100% right when you mention you got to get a starting pitcher, a reliever, and a hitter. The starter, of course, I would go with Castillo, of course. The, the the relief pitcher. Yeah, I want David Roberts. Yeah, me too. Okay, and the hitter, Ben and Tandy. I agree with you all along, because you know what, Ben and Tandy, that first game in Houston where the Yanks had in the first three innings, they had more base runners than you could count. Ben and Tandy, a little single, this two runs scored. It's easy, okay? easy, right? Yep. Yankees always make it look too hard. Yep. Yep. And it, and then it's too. If you have Robertson and you have Ben and Tandy, the one thing against the Astros, they'll beat the Astros if you get both of them. Yep. And part two with them, they won't be intimidated playing down in the Astrodome because those boys both got onions. <laughs> well, the Astrodome is, is, is no longer there. But, uh, yeah, no, I get it. I get it. And, and obviously, Juan Soto is a fit for, for both teams, obviously. It's just a matter of, you know, the, the Yankees are worried about the money, but they're rich in prospects. And the Mets are not worried about the money, yet they don't have the the, the wealth of prospects. So combine them both and then, you know. No, just kidding. Totally kidding. Uh, do we have time one more or no? Yeah, he says one more. All right, Phil. Phil in Howell, New Jersey. You're up on the fan. Hey, how's it going? Listen, I'm going to play devil's advocate. Okay. I'm the Washington Nationals GM, and I'm calling the Mets. I'm saying, you want Juan Soto? Mm-hmm. This is what we want. 
We want Nemo. We want McNeil. We want two position players right now. And then we want your top prospect in Alvarez. Mm-hmm. And we really need pitching. So we want your top minor league pitching prospect. No deal. I'm not doing I'm not doing that trade. No way. Because you cannot tell me the day after when you look at your roster, it will run with Juan Soto on that team mm-hmm. that you are better. Correct. You are not better. Correct. You are not. Yep, in that trade scenario, Phil, you're right. Then Mets, I mean, can he play center field? Can he play left field at the same time? I mean, you know what I mean? So, no, the Mets would not be better in that that trade scenario that you just laid out. No. So that's the saying. What I'm saying is, of course, Juan Soto fits both teams. We've been talking about that for a couple days now. He's a good fit for both teams. It's just, what is the cost, quote-unquote, dollar signs and prospects? Okay? I just got a tweet from uh, Eric. He said, they're just prospects, is what I'd said. He said, you say that now, but every superstar player was once a prospect. The fact that you would give up Alvarez and not Volpe is beyond me. Well, because in my scenario, in my Mets trade scenario, I, I'm, I'm, I don't want to give up Alvarez, but my trade scenario is I want Wilson Contreras on the Mets, and that would solidify catcher for me because he, you'd want a, you know, a longer-term deal for him. That would solidify catcher for me. And I don't think that there's going to be a huge ask for Wilson Contreras and the fact, you know, that you'd have to give up Alvarez to get him. No chance. So you get you get Wilson Contreras behind the plate and then you can maybe move Alvarez. That, I think, is the solution. To me. To me. But I want to hear what you think. 877-337-6666. Um, you know what? Let's talk a little Jacob DeGrom, too. Let's add this in here because with at least one more rehab start just put on the calendar for him... Jacob DeGrom still does not have a hard and fast return date. It's July 23rd. Do you know where your ace is? Are the Mets being too cautious, or is it time to take the kid gloves off of Jacob DeGrom? And here's a little read here. The National, the world's largest sports and entertainment collectible show Atlantic, at the Atlantic City Convention Center, is going to be there through the July 27th through the 31st. 130 superstar athletes are going to be signing, such as Mariano Rivera, Dr. J., and Bobby Hall, just to name a few, 100, 750 exhibitors. Do not miss this show. I'll be there on Wednesday, maybe even Thursday. NSCCshow.com for more details. Welcome back to McCartan in the day, Danielle in the daytime, McCartan in the morning. Uh, here we go. The National, the world's largest sports and entertainment collectible show is coming to Atlantic City Convention Center from July 27th through July 31st. Right now, let's be caller 7. Mickey Mantle, 7 at 866-540-WFAN. That's 866-540-9326 for your chance to win a four-pack of tickets for any one day of the show. That is from our friends at the National Sports Collectors Convention. Great. All right, give me a call, 877-337-6666. I'm Danielle McCartan-Lee. We'll talk about now Jacob DeGrom. You know, at news as of 7 p.m. last night, Jacob DeGrom will acquire quote-unquote, at least one more rehab start before joining the Major League Mets. He's going to have a work day tomorrow in New York, and then the Mets are then going to decide where and when he makes his rehab start. Okay, fine. Is it time for the Mets to take the kid gloves off in the handling of Jacob DeGrom? No. I know it's frustrating to still see him on the shelf. I know that it's past the midway point of the season. And I know he was, quote-unquote, supposed to be back by now. You're right. However, 
the road to the World Series is only as long as Jacob deGrom is effective. The Mets are not only afloat without him so far this season, but they're, dare I say it, thriving. Except for last time. We'll talk about that. But we also discussed this on Wednesday night. The video that is posted up on my social media channels. Go and watch it. Where? Why is the sky falling all the time in Mets land? So my question to you is, what is the point of rushing the guy back to the Major League Club? Make sure he is 100% ready to go. Not 99 not 98, 100. And if you're a fan of my show, and you remember what I said when the Mets inked Max Scherzer, I said this is a fantastic addition to this team on so many levels, including affording the Mets the opportunity to not have to rush DeGrom back. So my question really is, if the Mets are really happy with his progression, and he has said that he feels really good, and I'm paraphrasing that, after pretty much all of these starts, what is the point of having him throw 60 pitches in five innings in a sim game? Why waste away there or in the minor leagues? If all of his outings are hunky-dory, then why can't he do the same with the major league Mets? 60 pitches at the major league level? Four, four innings? Make him an opener in Queens. What's wrong with that plan? He'd be getting the same amount of work, and the Mets pitching staff would benefit. I don't know. Stop with the kid. You know, it's just, I think it's a waste. What do you think? 877-337-6666. Bob in Manhattan, you've been waiting longer. Go ahead. You're on the fan. Uh, Hi. Thanks for taking my call. Um, So I'm not calling about DeGrom. I'm really calling about uh, Soto and the Yankees. Sure. Long-time Yankee fan. So I feel they need him. It's not just somebody that would be nice to have. And I think the issues are about money and um, the uh, minor leagues. Uh, or what I wanted to discuss. Mm-hmm. Uh, as far as the minor leagues go, I think the Yankee minor leagues has been overrated for years. Mm-hmm. The only two position players they have now um, are, are Judge and Higgins, right? Uh, you know, and who? You could Judge and who? Uh, Higashioka, uh, the catcher? Uh, the catcher. Okay, Higashioka. All right, yeah, making that's sure. His, that's his nickname. So I feel giving up Volpe and whoever – uh, is really a, a no-brainer. And as far as for who though, money, for, for Soto, for Soto, yeah. And um, you I got think kind Soto of Falefa was, playing shortstop for for one more year, and then what though? Uh, he could play. Sh- he's a decent shortstop. I mean, they, yeah, but then know, his they contract is up. An all-star. They don't need an all-star at every position. My lineup is DJ. Yeah, but he's one of Judge. the worst defensive shortstop in the league. He's a stopgap shortstop at best. Uh, he's okay. Um, well, so they, they don't give up both of the Volpe and Peraza. Okay? I don't think Washington's going to want them both. Mm-hmm. Um, but as far as the money is concerned, and that seems to be the other big hang-up, is I think you're, one of your overnight guys who I listened to, I forgot his name, um, mentioned that um, if you add together the salaries, of the big salaries, and that's assuming you're giving judge and... Um, um, Soto, the, the max that they want, plus Cole and the one or two Stan. others, um, it adds up to $168 million. And if you uh, take $100 million on top of that uh, in order to sign bullpen and some other positions, you're in Tier 2, um, 
million. Mm-hmm. And um, that's, you know, uh, that's not terrible, I mean, for an organization like the Yankees. So they could do both. I mean, that's, yeah, one, but you know. I know, I know. Bob, it's, it's plausible, the math. I mean, to me, works out. To you, works out. To the Dodgers, it doesn't seem to bother them. I think it seems to bother Hal Steinbrenner. And then I got a quote, uh, a quote, a tweet from at Steinmark6. He said, I have a different take on Juan Soto and the Nationals placing him on the market. It only makes sense as a way to get a value slash worth on the player. The Lerner family is selling the team, and it does not make sense or business sense to get rid of their primary asset prior to the sale. Right. So that's what I think. I ultimately think that Juan Soto is not going to be traded at this deadline. I don't. I think he's going to be moved more so in the off season. So I think, I think we're spinning our wheels here a little bit. In my heart of hearts, I think Soto's staying a national through at least the end of this season, and big moves will be made for him. Mountains will be moved in the off season. So give me a call eight seven seven three three seven sixty six sixty six. Quick break. Quick update. Some nice Backstreet Boys interlude here. I was telling uh, Zoo the story of how I saved that lady at the Backstreet Boys concert the other night. You know, just do my my civic duty, my due diligence, or whatever you want to call it. And you know what else, too? Me and uh, finally, finally, after our April 2020 uh, trip was canceled, obviously because you know the pandemic. Uh, my dad and I finally rescheduled our road trip to Pittsburgh and to Cleveland. I know he's listening right now. So sta- stadiums number 21 and 22 for me. All as a fan, not as a member of the media. So we'll be driving out there, and hopefully I'll be able to convince him to go a little out of the way, and we can stop in Canton, Ohio, too. Or maybe you can call me at 877-337-6666, Danielle McCartan, and then you can convince him, Tom McCartan, uh, to, to definitely go to Canton as well. Um, Zoo, my friend who went with me to the concert, said, nice Backstreet Boys uh, interlude there. It's <laughs> giving me thumbs up there. So um, anyway, I'm just looking forward to finally getting to go on this trip. I mean, we already had a hotels book, so, you know, we don't need any recommendations on that per se. But I'm sure a lot of you listening have been there before. Any tips, any recommendations to do for a very, very short Cleveland and a very short trip to Pittsburgh as well. Hey, you could tweet me at Coach M-C-C-A-R-T-A-N. Instagram, Facebook.com slash Coach McCartney. You can just old school email me. So please, and thank you. I would appreciate that. And by the way, we're going we're to see the Mets. We're going to see the day game on uh, Labor Day weekend. I mean, Labor Day, Monday, Labor Day. The 1230, I think, first pitch, uh, Pirates, Mets. Pretty cool. And then we'll hopefully make it back in time because I do have school the next day. I was actually uh, going to go to those games because West Virginia is playing Pitt. <gasps> it was supposed to be Saturday right before, yeah. but now they changed the game to Thursday, and uh, now my plans are in turmoil. Yeah, because that's too long. Thursday, oh, that's Thursday crazy. Monday, it's too long. Yeah. Especially on Labor Day weekend, I got to be here. <laughs> yeah. Well, let me know. Let me know if you do end up going. I shall. I shall. <laughs> All right. As we wave goodbye to, to Big Zoo, head our Zoom, and he's headed out. Um and then we've got Connor Green taking over. So give Connor a call, 877-337-6666. Thanks, Big Zoo, and hi to Connor. <laughs> All right, we'll go back to the calls. Neil in Smithtown. Neil, you're up on the fan. Hey, good afternoon, Danielle. How are you? I'm great. How are you? I'm doing fine. Thanks very much. So I, re- I did look it up. There is not going to be a ghost runner for the playoffs this year. I, you know what? I forgot to mention that. I got a couple tweets. There, Yes, you are correct. There is no ghost runner. Thank you for following up on that. And I think, and I think that's a good thing, too. Um, I think so. The playoffs. I think so. And 
And I agree with you, too, about Soto. I don't believe he'll get traded um, for the end of this year. Um, I, I just think the, the teams that, that are in contention would have to offer up too much, like the Kings ransom. Yep. And, and the teams that aren't in contention, they probably don't have enough to offer. Right. I agree with you. I, I think they're just trying to gauge it. Honestly, I really don't think they're going to. And this is fun to talk about all that. I, oh, sure, sure. It's fun. But honestly, if I were if I were the uh, were the Nationals, I wouldn't trade him either. Not now. They don't have to trade him. Like, th- there's no urgency. He's not in his last year of his deal, and this is happening. There's no urgency to trade him. Yeah, he's the marquee player of the team, right. and the team's value definitely depreciates immensely. Yep. Were they to get rid of him? So right. I agree and, with you. And if you're selling the team, really. you want him on the team when you sell the team. So that yeah, so yeah. that one you can make the sale and two you can kind of sort of try to build it your own way you know in getting the deal that that you want. Yes, I agree with you wholeheartedly. Um, but I did have a trade uh, um, proposition. All right, let's try uh, it. You know, when the Mets played the Reds, and someone mentioned it earlier, bringing in David Robinson, the uh, yeah. the ex Yankees, who's been great. David Robinson year. is a fantastic fit. But I'd love to see them get him yes. and Brandon Drury because Drury was pretty clutch for them as a pinch hitter last year, and he's been having a great year, as I'm sure you know. He could DH, and he could play a little third base if they wanted to sit Escobar a little bit. I'd love to see him get both of those guys. And what would it cost? I don't know. Maybe maybe they'd have to give up, say, Ronnie Mauricio, and perhaps they'd take J.D. Davis. If not, maybe Mark Vientos in the trade. I, I but think, I'd love to see I them get those I think it's too much. Guys. Honestly, I think, I think all of that is too much because you've got – I mean, they're great players. Don't get me wrong. Both of them that you just mentioned, great players. And I and I want David Robertson, whether it be with the, the Yankees or the Mets. But you look at Brandon Drury. He's in his last year of his deal. He's making only $900,000. So he's he's a free agent next year. So he's a rental. You look at David Robertson. He's making $3.5 million in his last year. So he's a rental. So I don't think you're going to need to give up that much. Well, if we could give up even less, then that would be an opportunity that he couldn't resist. Yes. I'm just thinking they don't want to get rid of Alvarez. I wouldn't either. And actually, they do have some some, um, choices to make because they just picked that kid from Georgia Tech, Parada, who's who's a heck of a hitter. I know, but that, that you know what? That's the one problem I have with the, the, the draft. You won't see him for seven years. He actually said... If I, I'm paraphrasing here, but if I make it to the major leagues, that's the problem I have with this Parada? draft. Yeah. Well, but the thing of it is, at least he's a little older. As he's a, you know, he's a college player. He's not. I think Alvarez is only what twenty. Mm, yeah, I mean, I, I guess, but he, he's really young. But I think Alvarez is going to be special. But I, I just, think so too. Curious to see them pick this kid as a yes. as a number one pick. So yeah. he could be he could be trade bait down the road. He could be. I just I just. Yeah, I just like to see the you know, with as far as the Grom, I'd like to see them uh exercise as much caution as need be because even if they were gonna lose their um first place to the Braves over the coming weeks or whatever, there's no rush to get him back. The important thing is get him back when he's healthy and and we get if we can get the guy who we know he's capable of being, mm-hmm. it's it, it you know, it won't even matter how much they do to the lineup, I think, at that, exactly. at that point. Exactly. And Neil, as long guess as him what? and Max have yeah, yeah. I was about to say, as long as him and Max are good for the playoffs, and thanks for the call there, Neil, the Mets are not winning. News alert here. The, the Mets are not winning the World Series in June or July, July, August, or even really September. They're not winning the World Series. So handle with care. However, the question I have is, why is he not throwing these innings at the major league level? That's my question. And, you know, just so I can clarify this, 
I had MLB Network on all day on Monday. I was watching all the media day interviews, all that. And they went to a MLB Network, went to a sit down. It was like a one-on-one segment with number 11 overall pick by the Mets, Kevin Parada, right? So I'm like, oh, okay, let me turn this up and let me watch this. So in, in the interview that they had at MLB Network, he said something along the lines of, and I know I'm paraphrasing, but he said, hopefully I can make it to the big leagues. I mean, that's exactly what's wrong with, with the Major League Baseball's draft. And that's why I'm not, and you know me, I am not doing any research on any of these guys picked for either of our New York baseball teams. I'm sorry. I'm just not going to waste my time. And then I know that might sound mean, but since the Major League Baseball draft began, the year 1965, only 23 players have started at the Major League level immediately. Think about that. In 57 years, the existence of Major League Baseball's draft only 23 have gone right up to the big leagues. And that's exactly why the draft, its process, boring. I, it's, it's horrible. Sorry. I just, I'm sorry. For example, like so I compare it like the NFL draft, the number 11 overall pick in, in the best draft that there is, the NFL draft, Chris Olave, New Orleans Saints. He will be taking the field day one, starter. That is much more exciting to watch and get into and study and just, just to get involved with. And and he, Neil just mentioned, okay, he, he went, you know, you went to college route. Okay, well, future Hall of Famer Albert Pujols took him two years even to make it to the big leagues, and he's a obviously Hall of Famer, right? Degrom took over four years to to appear. He went to college. I mean, in part due to injury, but still. And then if you go to the high school route, like Andrew McCutcheon, four years it took him to get there. Christian Yelich took him three years. I mean, these guys are household names. And it took them years to get to where they're at. Never mind all all the other guys. So I just have a huge problem with the Major League Baseball draft. They have to find a way to make it more exciting but to get these guys up through the ranks faster. Especially guys that are, that are considered top-end talent. Like this guy, apparently, Kevin Parada, number 11. But I'm not doing any research yet. Not on him, not on any of the guys picked. I can't get excited about it. I can't. Rick in Tampa, you were next up. Go ahead. There she is, Danielle. How are you? I'm good. How are you? I'm good, good. What I love about when you do your show, always during the week, you promote it. I love it. I'll be on Wednesday at this time, <laughs> and then on Saturday, I'll see you at 10 a.m. I'm like, good, because I always want to talk to you. And I'm like, when is she going to be on? And there it is. Ah, well, the you know what? One. I love it. I, you got to promote yourself if you want people to tune in. Oh, we tune in. Yeah, you know that. How are you? I'm okay. great. How are you? Yeah, yeah, let's do it. Good. Well, I'm, I'm actually visiting my grandson in Tennessee, so I would have been right up there at 10 a.m. to be talking to you right off the bat. But I'm uh, busy with the grandkid today, and I said I had some time ago. Let me see if I can jump on and say give my Yankees thought, because I was a little bit upset after last night as well as Twitter world and Yankee world was. Mm. And uh, I listen, this whole um, – I'm really upset. Aaron Boone – this, this, this testing and uh, ch- uh, trying out of Chapman cost us Michael King. And I believe he did because when, when Chapman goes in there, nobody wants Chapman in this. You know, because we're not even trying to w- We just got swept. Mm-hmm. And now we, we, have, we have a bit of a lead. And instead of just, just let's just win this game, we're going to bring Chap- We're going to do our, uh, our, our test scenario with Chapman now. And he goes in there, and we all know he's going to blow it because he's done. He's we don't want him on the team. And what does he do? He already starts falling apart, and they had to rush. You saw Michael King rushing into the bullpen. Yeah, but rushing on, into the on bullpen. On a game that they've what? already punted on, what's the difference? Just leave him in even longer then. 
Well, yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, if that's the case. Yeah, you're right, because that's the case. Because you're bringing in Michael King. We know we saw him rushing in to warm up. He comes in. The, um, that terrible thing happens to him. But, and I, I, a lot of people are blaming it. I mean, hey, I'm not blaming Chapman himself, but I'm blaming the whole process of what Boone's thinking of, of, of using Chapman in the situation. And it just, it's just heartbreaking to see that. It just, but you, know? you can't blame but, it on any, any one thing. What are you going to do? You're just going to sit him the rest of the season? You're just going to say, hey, Michael King, we know how good he, you are. We're not going to use you. You know what I mean? It's just kind of like, like, what are we doing here? That's that's it. You no don't. That's it. He's done. I wouldn't have put him in at all. Period. After the All Star break, and everybody's saying even McGallo, he had that one. He got the home run, which is apt to be the game winning home run. But it's still the same thing. When we saw his name penciled in at the first game of the doubleheader, everybody in the world was going, "What is going on here?" I don't care. We're, we're shadow casing him for for a trade or something. Everybody knows what Joey Gallo is. So when he did that, and the thing is, because when Boone does the split uh, doubleheader. With, with resting the players after an all-star break, a break, and he's resting our big guns, almost playing like I don't want to lose scenario. Yeah, like but he's he playing the JV team. With our relievers, though. Yeah. He doesn't do it with the levers. He uses them like they couldn't. Let's just put him out again. Let's just put him out again. And and that's it. He, he rests the regular players, and then he does it with the relievers. And, and so it's it was so frustrating. And um, I don't know. I mean, it, now it's going to be um, – the trade deadline is it looms even more important now with uh yep. and Johnny Lasaga I trust him I know him he's a great kid and he's got to get back to throwing strikes uh we need him even more now to get back to where he was well and and so that's that, and that's a big question there Rick because you look yeah. at what he's done so far Jonathan Loisaga it, it, it first of all this is this is if 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 there's any time for a Yankee reliever to step up it's now right and it's not going to be Chapman Jonathan Loisga, 22 games so far this season, 7.52 ERA. 7.5. I mean, hit batters against him are hitting almost 300. That's not good. So in addition to looking for a top-end starting pitcher, in addition to looking for a bat that, I don't know, not, I don't want to say like Benintendi's, but I want to say a Benintendi. I, I want his bat in that lineup. In addition to all of that, the Yankees are now going to be shopping in the relief pitching aisle. And it's a shame. But Anthony DeComo, when I asked him in, for a Met perspective uh, on Wednesday night, you can go back and listen to that too on demand. Um, just to, I type in like McCartan DeComo WFAN. It should come right up. But don't do it now. You got to listen to the rest of the show. But he said there's going to be the 20 to 30 relief pitchers on the market. So I'm not too concerned about that. Let's go to Astoria and Vincent. You're on the fan. Uh, good afternoon, Daniel. Thank you for taking my call. Yeah, thanks for making it. Uh, calling on uh, the topic of the Grom. So mm-hmm. yes, I am tired of the kid glove treatment, and I think um, if you look at it from even the Grom's perspective, right? So I think the Mets owe him two more years after this, and I think it's over thirty a year. I forget what it was. So sixty plus million, right? So he's owed that regardless of what happens. So now, uh, and he already made. He's going to already make whatever hundred plus one hundred thirty million. Well, he, so it's okay, not so like a Harvey. First of all, I'm so, sorry, so let's just make sure we're all operating on the same numbers here. So for this year he's earning against uh, let's say payroll salary 36 million next year okay. he's got a player option for 30.5 and then the following right. year it's a club option and then he's a free agent in 2025 okay all right but my i guess my point is you know harvey when he was trying to parlay his uh, you know great start into a contract uh, you know major contract he obviously got injured and never panned out but 
you know, DeGrom already has, you know, at least money where he doesn't have to ever worry about working again type of thing. So for, my whole point is that he himself should want to come back this year. If he doesn't pitch this year, he's not going to be able to uh, parlay that into a you know real good contract. You know, but if he comes back this year and he pitches the Mets deep into the playoffs, mm-hmm. whatever the remainder is, you know, sixty million. Or if you just want to look at the one year because it is a club option on the on the second year, mm-hmm. um, he can parlay that thirty or sixty million into a two hundred million dollar contract. Now, if he comes back and he gets hurt. You know, he's still going to get some good money. In other words, I, I, I don't think there's much for him to lose. I think he should come back. And like you, I agree with you. If he's going to do 60 pitches in the minor leagues or simulate, what difference does it make? Bring him back uh, and pitch against, uh, you know, the pros and uh, get three, four innings at him to build up his length. Or if you want to be a little more radical and, you you know, you don't want to go crazy, then let's put him in as a, an eighth inning, ninth inning guy. And, uh, you know, this way you can conserve him. But that's kind of more radical. Yeah, that's we, nuts. we need him at, as a starter. But Absolutely. To me, my whole point is he himself should want to go out there, risk injury, because, again, it's over a year, and then the year before he was... Yeah, but that's silly, Vincent. Why would, he, why, would, why would Jacob deGrom want to go out there and risk injury and have the rest of his career go up in smoke? I mean, the guy's 34 years old right now. 34 years old right now. He No chance. No chance he's going to push himself if he's not 100%. And that's... Probably why they're handling him with kid gloves right now. Probably why. Um, I got a DM from uh, very loyal listeners. First name is James, and it's a tweet. He sent me a tweet from Mark Feinsand. Mark Feinsand said the Yankees have emerged as serious, this quote, serious contenders for the Royals left fielder Andrew Benintendi per source. The Yankees have emerged, this Mark Feinsand, the Yankees have emerged as serious contenders for the Royals left fielder Andrew Benintendi. And I also got a tweet that said, bring back high socks for hope. You really think that's the answer here? He's the key to beating the Astros? Well, he's one of the pieces. I hope you're still listening, Dodd the God, Stevie Dodd. That's one of the pieces. Pair that with Benintendi and a starting pitcher, and then the Yankees are in business. Tell me your thoughts, 877-337-6666. Maybe we could talk a little bit about, as baseball has resumed here in the the early days of the second half, maybe you want to talk about who your first half MVP, who your first half GOAT, and not in the good way, not in the new way, but the traditional term uh, definition of the term, who your first half MVP, who your first half GOAT is for the Yankees and the Mets. If you want, we continue with the rest of this trade talk at 877-337-6666 and the national, the world's largest sports and entertainment collectible show at the Atlantic City Convention Center. It will be there from July 27th through the 31st. 130 superstar athletes will be signing with 750 exhibitors. Do not miss this show. I will be there on Wednesday. NC, sorry, NSCCshow.com for more details. Hey, welcome back. I am Danielle McCartan with you till 2 p.m. here on The Fan in New York City. We've got a UV8 in New York City right now. 91 degrees. Hopefully you guys are staying, hopefully you are staying cool. Maybe you're in the pool. Maybe you're at the beach. I hope you are. Thanks for taking me along for the ride. Appreciate it. Uh, I got an update on one of the tweets. Dodd the God. Uh... I, I, try, I, I tried responding back to him. I said, I hope you heard the answer live on air. He deleted, It says, the tweet you're trying to reply to has been deleted. <laughs> Dodd the God. When he said, bring back high socks for hope, that's what you really think is the answer here for the Yankees to beat the Astros? No, that's one of the pieces. That, that's I guess I'll have to discard this answer here. Uh, that, that's one of the pieces. 
Well, just one. Because as, as you know, Michael King is gone for the rest of the season. Season ending elbow injury. You, you've got a need for a starting pitching that was already existing. You've got a need for a, a contact bat already existing. And, and, that, and that being Andrew Benintendi's, of course. He is the option for me. And uh, we are, uh, we'll do some mid-season awards maybe. And we've got a full bank of calls, so we'll get to those very, very quickly. But first... The National, the world's largest sports and entertainment collectible show, is coming to Atlantic City. It'll be at the convention center from July 27th through July 31st. Right now, we will do caller number three at 866-540-WFAN. That's 866-540-9326. Be caller three for your chance to win a four-pack of tickets. It's going to be a great show. I'll be there, too. And that is from our friends at the National Sports Collectors Convention. And those four tickets will be good for any one single. So if you want to just go down there by yourself and you want to go to four of the days, that's on you. If you want to bring four friends to one day, that's also on you, whatever you would like to do. Um, I think we should go right. Let's do right into the calls here. Let's go to, uh, uh, in the order that you called, of course, that's how I do it here. Mike in Clifton Park, New York. Mike, are you there? Yep, I'm here. How's All right. Going, Danny? Good. How are you? Good. So I'm a Mets fan. I have some thoughts about the recent trade and things that are happening for them. So, you know, this this is like an appetizer move, you know, in terms of getting this first uh, for, first base. Yeah, I got to tell you, this Vogelback thing is a little disappointing. You traded a whole pitcher for a half of a DH. Yeah, you know, I I kind of want to see what, what the end – uh, product is, but mm-hmm. what it does do, I think. First off, I think he this this player has m- more home runs and RBIs than than the whole bench, and he can play first base, which kind of helps. Well, free up wait, I'll this. stop you right there. He can play first base, but this season so far, he's played five innings at first base, not five games, okay. five innings. Okay, so that's just one thought I had, and then, and then the other thing that I find interesting is um, in terms of Jake. Um, if, I think they're watching him closely because if he's if he gets some soreness again at this next rehab mm-hmm. start, which I think is uh, prior to the trade deadline, uh, Mets may shift and go for a starting pitcher. That's and a good point. I'm also, yeah, and I'm also hoping I'm watching the the Red Sox series closely because if Toronto beats their brains in the whole weekend, mm-hmm. will they become sellers and Mets may make a move for uh, for uh, uh, Davis? And in terms of the Yankees, yep. I know it's a big blow that they've had some struggles the last couple of weeks, and they have this this, this injury now to King. But they're very fortunate that it just, this stuff didn't happen two weeks later, that they can go in and, you know, plug plug this up and, and make make the team better, and for the Mets, too. So I just wanted to hear your thoughts. Thanks, Danielle. Bye now. Yeah, yeah. Mike, all great points there, definitely. You're definitely keeping an eye on the Red Sox. Will they become sellers? I don't know if there's a little bit of too much pride going up there in Boston, but I think if, like you said, the Blue Jays continue to beat their brains out in an embarrassing fashion, they might have to make a change. So keep an eye on the Red Sox as well. Great point. Uh, You also had a really good point that Vogelback has hit more home runs than... And you said the whole Mets team, I think, but but any of the players that have played DH for the Mets this season, they have totaled nine home runs. Vogelback brings twelve in already as a single player, one guy, but he's half of a DH. And what I mean by that is 
His numbers against lefties, they're not good. Like, he hits 141 against lefties. Slugging percentage is 156. Not a single home run against lefties. So the guy is a non-threat if you if you got a lefty on the mound. So that's why I'm calling him half of a DH. Maybe it's a, a, a more of a move to a different end or different means. I don't really know, but I'm quite underwhelmed. If I'm waking up a Met fan this morning, I'm like, wow, Vogelbach, huh? That sounds like like a Wilpon move. James in Long Island, you're up next on the fan. Yeah, hey, what's up? I was just calling about the same thing, the trade. I don't understand it. You're picking up a six-foot-tall guy, 290 pounds. He's more like a a football player than a baseball player. Mm. You know what I mean? And you're getting a bit of a good arm, a young arm, which we desperately need in the bullpen because Lugo's not as good anymore. Smith lost it. He's got to go find it. So I don't get it. Yeah, I, I don't get why you're trading a whole pitcher, relief pitcher, for a half of a DH. I'm not sure. Unless it's a there's another move cooking, which there better be. I don't get it. But I just came up with this thought earlier today. Um, go pick up Soto, call Oakland A's, and get Otani over here. Wow. <laughs> James, you're calling the Oakland A's to get Otani? The Oakland A's. Oh, that mean. That... That means there's got to be other deals going on because Altani is not coming from Oakland. He's coming from Anaheim. But uh, that's a silly That's a silly point there. No chance the Mets are getting Soto and Otani. Hate to break it to you. Mike in Brooklyn, you're up next on the fan. Hello? Hello. Hi, how are you? Great, how are you? I'm fine. So I'm sitting here and I'm listening to you uh, baking in the sun and uh, oh, I'm jealous. Trying to get trying to get my day done here on job, but uh, I'm, I'm calling about uh, one of your calls prior. He called about complaining that uh, Boone used Chapman yesterday, and then had to call in King, and that seemingly was the reason why King broke down. Yeah, according to him, and I mean when you know Chapman is on this team. So, I mean, although he's been brutal, mm-hmm. uh, he has, uh, you know, they have to figure out what they're going to do with him. Right. They had a 7-2 lead. When is the right time? When is not the right time? I mean, I don't get it. Every move that Boone makes, people are complaining about. And the team is 35 games over 500. They've improved in every area they possibly could improve on over the last three years, and they're still blaming the manager. Yeah, I don't and, get and, it. Yeah, Mike, here's the thing, and, and that's a great point there. Aroldis Chapman is still on this team. The Yankees need Aroldis Chapman to contribute down the stretch and in the postseason. So getting him in, 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 in I'm going to use a high, high leverage, low leverage situation, high leverage, low leverage. Like I think about the, when he came in against the Red Sox, tie game, what was it, the seventh inning? Came in last night against the Astros, whatever inning it was. I was driving home from uh, the Brooklyn Cyclones. But the point I'm trying to make is they need him to get right. And how else are you going to, you going to do it in, against the Royals? Maybe that's where they should be starting right now. But, but in effect, you didn't break Michael King because you put him in. Last night, he didn't break because of one single move. That's, that's not that's a, that's an idiotic take. I agree with you on that. But the Yankees need a role to Chapman. They need him. They do. They need him to get right. What are you going to do? You're just going to release him? You're going to trade him? No one wants him. 
So they, they need to fix him. You're right about that. Uh, let's go to uh, Stephen Hicksville. You're up next on The Fan. Oh, hi, Donnie. Uh, big fan. Uh, who? So talking about the Yankees. Wait, who, who, who am I? Um, Oh, Danielle, but I called you Danny. Is that okay? Oh, okay. All right. I thought you called me Donnie, like Donnie Mattingly. No, no. It's okay. just my bad accent. So, <laughs> okay. Um, all good. I'm just, making, I'm, just, I'm just playing with you. No, it's all good. It's all good. Um, so, yeah, talking about the Yankees, yeah. um, really good question that you posed before, you know, who's the MVP of the year and mm-hmm. who's the, um, the GOAT. Um, you know, the obvious pick would be – the obvious pick would certainly be Judge, but I actually think it's Stanton because – you know, Stanton has really been, he's stepped up in his defensive capabilities. You know, he's definitely been clutch behind the plate. Mm-hmm. I actually think Stanton is the big the big player this year. Do you agree? Uh, I, I think Stanton is, and, and Steve, great call there, and thanks for answering the question there. I, I think Stanton is, is, obviously, for all the reasons you said, he is a greatly improved player. Maybe he's most improved. I would maybe say I think the the MVP of the Yankees is easily Aaron Judge. I mean, the guy is literally on pace to be the league's MVP. He might even break Roger Maris's record this year. I mean, enough said, right? So, uh, although Stanton is a good, you know, a good choice, a good option, uh, I, I just would maybe vote for him for more most improved. Um, and as far as the goat, I mean, the fall from grace of Roldis Chapman, that's easy. Goat meaning in the traditional term, not not the new age term, the traditional goat. You know, the bad guy, Aroldis Chapman. What a fall from grace. I mean, really. It's just, it's just, I mean, the Cuban Missile has the potential to detonate on the Yankees in their run in the fall. Like, that's how serious it is. It's not going to be pretty. So, you know, the Yankees need to get him right, and they have to figure it out. Joe in Stamford, Connecticut. You're up next on The Fan. Yeah, Danielle, it's good hearing from you, and uh, I really enjoy it. Thank you. I've been a Yankee. I hate to even say my age, but I've been a Yankee fan probably almost seventy years. Mm-hmm. And what I what I don't understand is how long has it been since they started radar? Ever since they put the gun out there, it seems like these guys their arms are going more. If uh, if the relief pitchers, all the relief pitchers are are coming in now, they're they're if they're not pitching between ninety five and hundred miles an hour. They can't be a relief pitcher. Mm-hmm. Fact of the matter is, I don't think it's natural that these the, we don't see too many pitchers anymore. We see arm throwers, and and yeah. they don't last long. When was the when was the last guy that really lasted long? Uh, Araldus Chapman for the longest time. Now his I think his arm is shot when when he starts to try to throw hard. Right. It's wild pitches and and stuff. And that's like the thing that. too. He, then, he we, we talked about this. I think maybe months ago on the show. He's he's a thrower. He's not a pitcher. Aroldis Chapman no, is not no. a pitcher, and that's where he's struggling to become to take on that new identity of becoming a pitcher rather than a thrower. No, no question about it. Another thing is when they pick on Boone. If you think about a regular season, if they play a regular uh, uh, grapefruit league, and then if they make the playoffs, and if they go all the way to the end. You're talking about a possibility of playing over 200 games. These guys are human beings, and they got to play through the dog days of summer and everything. You you got to weave them through. When people say, "Oh, why why isn't he playing this?" and 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 Aaron Judge is a big guy, and I noticed it with basketball players with their legs and everything, that eventually they're they're going to give in and what they have to do. So 
it's, it's such a different game from years ago when when the Yankees won the five years in a row from 49 to, to 53 or 54, whatever it was. It, it was a different game. You had guys are playing ball, guys are stealing bases. Right. Well, and, and all this here stuff. But pitchers, the, the Yankees, I, I'm trying to think. I remember Bob Turley coming in. He threw a wild pitch over the, the batter's head to scare anybody that he might he might come and hit you. But you never heard about the clock, about, oh, he's throwing 100 miles an hour. He's throwing 102 miles an hour. The arm, the arm, they're, they're, not, made of, they're not made of metal. You're right, Joe. That's exactly right. The, the pitch itself, that the motion of throwing a baseball overhand is not a natural motion. In fact, the, the, the motion of pitching a softball underhand is a more natural motion of, physiologically. Um, and I don't think it was the adaptation of, of the radar gun in the late 70s and, and early 80s. More what I think it is is, is the, um, the introduction more recently of, of spin rates and, and all of that is what I think is, uh, is contributing to, to all of this. And, hey, all that and more. Um, wow, we've had a busy show today. I just love it. I just love it. Maybe we can get touch, dabble into a little bit of football if you don't mind, and uh, and obviously we keep the baseball going. That's uh, what's carrying uh, our show and our program and our radio station in the dog days of summer. The Mets and Yankees are both good. What moves are you making at the trade deadline? And maybe we'll talk a little Jets, a little Giants. Hey, training camp starting up this week. Veterans are reporting on the 26th. Giants and Jets, veterans. I'm Danielle McCartan with you till 2 here on The Fan. Danielle in the daytime here on The Fan in New York City. I just got a tweet on the commercial break literally one minute ago from Rich Kleinman. He's a great listener. He sent me a a screenshot here to inform everybody that the Mets seem to be wanting to stockpile catchers. The Mets acquired Michael Perez from the Pirates in exchange for cash considerations. That's from John Heyman of the New York Post, as you know. Um... Perez was DFA'd yesterday. And uh, so that means the Mets pretty much just got him for, for cash, which is, I guess, fine. But when you look at his body of work, I mean, yeah, he was uh, he was the first Pirates catcher to ever hit three home runs in a game. And you're like, oh, great. And then you really look up what he's done. The guy's lifetime batting average is 175. Uh, OPS is 550. I mean, it's another questionable move by the New York Mets. The guy has 15 home runs in his entire career. One, two, three, four, five-year career. I thought the Mets were looking for a bat. I'm not, I'm not, I'm not sure what... I'm, sc- I'm literally scratching my head here right now. The Mets have acquired Michael Perez, who the Pirates, who everybody knows the Pirates are like a, oh, I don't know... Triple A team at best, except for like you know, Brian Hayes. You know what I mean. But uh, if you get DFA'd by the Pirates, I mean, really, how does that even happen? And so the Mets now go ahead and pick up the uh, the word trash just popped into my mind, but that's a little too strong. I mean, this is a human being. But the guy got DFA'd by by the Pittsburgh AAA Pirates. That's another questionable, questionable decision 
And again, Rich, thanks for the assist on that. You know, it's real hard to do a show and Connor's working two jobs and I'm doing this. It's, you know, it's hard. We got nothing live on TV in here. So I rely on you sometimes to to give me the information here. And that's twice today. So Rich Kleiman, thank you so much for that. Um, All right. Well, how about this? Mark at Oceanside. Mark, what do you think about the move? I will tell you what I think about the move. I think you're going halfway in your discussion. You're saying the Mets are making questionable moves. I agree with you 100%. The problem the Mets have yesterday, today, and will have tomorrow, is they have a GM with a long history of failure. His name is Billy Epler. He was GM for the um, Los Angeles Angels for five years. He had five losing seasons. He brought in Escobar, failure. He brought in Kanya, who's okay, but he's really a fourth outfielder. He's a very light hitter. He got absolutely fleeced by uh, um, the Yankees GM with the Joely Rodriguez for Miguel Castro, Castro trade. Mm. He got fleeced again yesterday, giving up a young reliever who has a 2.0 ERA mm-hmm. for a very, very overweight left-hand hitting DH who is the kind of guy you pick up on waves. You don't give him a, a young... And this, this guy has, as I said, a long history of failure. He has no idea what he's doing. He is the guy who also signed with, with the Angels. He signed Matt Harvey to a, an $11 million a year when he was washed up. I don't know if you remember that. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't remember the year. Maybe it was 2018 or 19. And uh, Harvey pitched to a 7 already. He was actually done. Mm-hmm. And nobody wanted him. He signed him to an $11 million. Mm-hmm. million dollar contract so the Mets will be losers and I'm a diehard and I don't mean losers like uh, they're gonna lose 110 games they will not win until they get a GM who can make shrewd moves yeah that's my point I mean Michael Perez got DFA'd by the Pirates and and, and the Mets are coming in and swoop it in and, yeah, and yeah. Well, come on I, I, I'm surprised they didn't give up Jack McNeil for him. <laughs> you know, I mean uh, listen they, they they needed a body so Cash consideration. They they just need a body for the next few games because you can't have one catcher. So I I get that. I mean, but, there isn't anybody that's like an emergency kind of guy that they could. I mean, come on. Yeah, you're probably right. But I guess and and this um, uh, whole collection of catches, as you know, you said he's hitting 170. Take a look at the batting averages of the three catches we have this year. Yeah. Which is they're, they're all not not well, much better than well. Me. He's a one seventy five career hitter this season. One fifty. He's hitting a buck fifty. He's not hit, even hitting his weight. This guy. Yeah. Well, either is McCann or uh, Mazzico. <laughs> Which is why the Mets need Wilson Contreras. Is the answer there, Mark? Wilson Contreras. Please announce it. Heyman, announce that one. I mean, again, as you pointed out, Vogelback. He is literally a half of a DH. His numbers against lefties, he's 141 batting average, slugging 156. And I'm kind of going back and forth, and I, I can't find it right now with one of the listeners on Twitter. He's like, yeah, but he's, he's a great against righties. I'm like, yeah, but he's not against lefties. So, like, late in the game, right, The all you need to do if you're the other team is bring in a lefty pitcher, what do you, and then what are you going to do? You're going to have to, what, pinch hit for your DH? Is that what you're going to do? Or is he just going to be an automatic out? I mean, these are the kind of moves I'm talking about here. These are the kind of moves. Uh, let's continue with the Mets here. Joe in Connecticut, you're next on the fan. Joe. Hello? Hello. Can you hear me? I can. Oh, awesome. Um, I was just wondering, uh, Charlie Blackman, 
playing for the Colorado Rockies. You don't hear his name in a lot of uh, trade rumors. Mm-hmm. But being on a losing team, you would think that they would want to move him. Mm-hmm. I think he'd be a perfect fit for the Mullins. Uh, Charlie he's Blackman. About a career, career 300 hitter. I think he's got about 12 home runs this year, 10 stolen bases. I mean, he checks a lot of boxes. I know. He's, he's making a ton of money, though. It's not a bad idea. It's it's not a bad idea. I mean, he, this year he's earning uh, against the the uh, the sal- payroll salary is $21 million. I know the Mets' money is not really an option for him. I mean, I'd keep an eye on Charlie Blackman, and, and, and I hope they would make a call for him, too. He's a good player. Although he is 36 years old, you know, he, he's all right. Um, you know, maybe he can help them, but I, I don't know if the Mets are looking for, for outfield help. I really don't think so. I think there's more of a need. There's definitely a need at catcher, which is what Chris and Belmar wants to talk about. Chris, go ahead. How are you today? Good. How are you? I got to take you to task and I love listening to you, mm-hmm. but you and the caller two calls ago talking about the Mets and the GM doesn't know what he's doing. How could you make this move? You have to make a move and get a, like he said, the one thing that the caller said that was actually correct was you have to get a body. Nito's out for maybe a few days or more. McCann might be done. They have to get a body just to fill in. Who cares if he was DFA? You need somebody to sit behind the plate, and Mazika can't play every day. So you have to put somebody out there. I'm surprised that you guys are actually knocking it. They didn't give up anything, and it's just, just a couple of bucks to get a a physical human being behind the plate. But then, but okay, so you're bringing in a catcher, but why not go for the gusto at this point? Why not just make the move for Wilson Contreras? What, do you, what, what are they waiting for? Yeah, but do you think that has, that has nothing to do with them going out and getting a guy like that? This is just to get a guy between now and hopefully next week. Yeah, but now I mean, and hopefully I, next I week could be two, but next week could be two weeks, could be a month from now. Oh, who knows? Like who? Well, who, next who, week's the trade that next week's the trade deadline, so it's going to be within the week, and you have to get a body. And I think if you act desperate, you're just going to give them more, and then people are going to knock the GM for giving up too much for Contreras. Mm, well, we got Come we on, got nine right days. There. We got nine days to see. I mean, it's a good point. You do bring up a good point there, Chris. You do need a body behind there, but but yeah. I, I don't know. I mean. I don't know. I, I, I'm a proponent of making the move earlier rather than later. I don't see it as desperation. So yeah. So but if you're de- if you're desperate, then they're just going to ask for more if you have no catcher. So I mean, I mean, why this not guy... wait? I mean, they're actually they're actually in a position now where, I mean, they're going to. I mean, listen. I don't want to say it, I'm a diehard Mets fan. They should make the playoffs, and if they don't win the division, you know, they sh- they should be in a good spot. So I mean, you, if you could afford to wait on Degrom uh, to pitch. You could afford to wait on a catch and maybe not overpay. So I, I, I actually think I actually don't mind anything the GM is doing. I think the the Joely Rodriguez trade was maybe questionable, but I mean you got you, you you're gonna miss sometimes. You like, but I actually I actually like the trade he made yesterday. I think uh, you know they you need do. a bat, and if there's enough enough bullpen guys to go out and get, as from what everybody's saying, you trade Dom for a, a bullpen guy, and uh, to me it's. I think it's much to do about nothing. You just needed someone out there that could catch. You're not going to bring up Alvarez, so you might as well get a guy who's actually played in played Major League Baseball. Uh, well, that's put, that's 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 putting it lightly. And I know I have to go to break. Sorry to cut you off there, but uh, guy who's batting 150. I mean, I could probably catch. I caught for Evan that day in our little softball game that we had. I I, I did okay. He said I did okay. I could probably hit 150. Sign me up. Where do I sign? <laughs> 
Oh, man. And I did want to talk about, because this is a little bit of the talk in town, because I am, I, I got a, a Giants jersey sent to me by a very, um, very loyal listener, Michael and Jerry. And he uh, he sent me a, a, an old school Mark Bavaro jersey and a Phil Simms one, but a Mark Bavaro, which is where I'm wearing right now. The Giants have unveiled their, um, their uniforms. Quickly, I want to touch on this, because the Jets ones, the Giants nailed it. And then the Jets came out and they said, hey, look at ours. And it's like, oof. Oof, uh, the Jets did not nail theirs. We'll talk about that real quick, and then we'll go back to the baseball calls as well. If you want to talk football, hey, I'm, I'm game for that too. I'm Daniel McCartan with you for another hour here on The Fan. Who doesn't have a home security system? How would you like a free doorbell camera and professional installation? Slomans wishes they could give one to everyone, but they only have enough for the first 40 people. So the first 40 WFAN listeners who call 833-933-SAFE will get this limited time offer. A free Slomans doorbell camera that connects directly to your phone with installation of your Slomans shield. Slomans is going to give you a free customized home security system and professional installation when you use their low-cost central station monitoring. So, you're getting a digital keypad, motion detector, three-armed doors, and backup battery. Plus, if you're one of the first 40 WFAN listeners to call, you'll receive a free doorbell camera that connects right to your smartphone with the installation of your Sloman Shield. Keep your family safe. Call 833-933-SAFE. That's 833-933-SAFE now to take advantage of this limited time offer. You'll always hit a savings home run at Nielsen Dodge. That's right, Aaron. Summer zero down payment days are here at Nielsen Dodge. You're guaranteed to hit a super savings home run with great deals on new Jeeps, Chryslers, Dodges, and Rams in stock. Plus, zero down payment lets you drive away today or lease a new 2022 Ram 1500 Classic Quad Cab Warlock 4x4, just $3.99 a month. Plus, choose from a wide selection of certified pre-owned vehicles. And if you need credit, we'll help you score a home run. You're always a winner at Nielsen Dodge. Hurry to Nielsen Dodge, where we have all your savings bases covered on Route 10 in East Hanover or shop online at nielsendodge.com. Make this the summer event. I'll see you at Nielsen Dodge. Save it today, the Nielsen way. Save it today, the Nielsen way. With approval term 36 months to assign 5889 and tax tag and DMV fees. In the afternoon, Danielle in the daytime. I'm Danielle McCartan with you, whatever it is, till 2 p.m. here on The Fan in New York City. Man, people are uh, people are tweeting up a storm here. I'm just reading a couple now. It's a, I'm trying to pick out a good one. There's a lot of them. There's a lot of them coming in. I got uh, Thomas Schwartz. Uh, he told me that, uh, great listen, two points. Ben Intendi is not vaxxed and the Yanks could play in Canada. And he said the Cuban Missile has already detonated a few Yankee Octobers. I like that. And I responded that I'm not worried about three regular season games in Toronto and the Jays don't scare me or the or should scare the Yankees in the postseason at all. And I wrote LOL to that second one. But, hey, real quick, in June, of course, we'll get back to your calls, 877-337-6666. In June, the NFL sent a memo to teams giving them, which in effect was the green light, to pr- introduce a secondary alternate helmet. 
And we'll talk about the Giants in a second as I sit here in an old-school Mark Bavaro jersey. The Jets released theirs just yesterday. And the helmet is horrible. I'm sorry to say it, but it's horrible to go along with the horrible stealth black uniforms. And uh, and by the way, the games that they're planning to wear, one of them, the th- I think the third of the thir- three games, they're going to activate stealth mode. And it, it, the last one is going to be get to Jacksonville Jaguars. So wait a minute, that's going to be confusing. You might as well watch the game on a black and white TV. It's just bad. The uniforms are just bad. Those black ones are bad. The black helmets that go along with them is bad. Uh, the only saving grace of the black Jets uniforms were the, the green helmets. Oh, I just, you know, I, I think it's because I have a thing about, like, the tertiary color being used as the main color in the uniform. Although I do love the Mac, the Mets black uniforms. I, I, I can't explain why, but that might be the only tertiary main color uniform that I could I don't I, that I like. I mean, these Jets ones—they released them yesterday, and they're horrible. And then they, meanwhile, I got tipped off about the Giants ones, and it killed me to keep the secret from you. It killed me. I had—I was like, "Oh my god, these are awesome!" The Giants legacy game uniforms—they are straight fire. I mean, I think they're going to wear them twice. Yeah, once against the Chicago Bears, and once against Washington. And LT loves them. He he appeared in that reveal video with Saquon Barkley, and he he actually tweeted after the fact, and LT tweeted, legacy has no limits. Michael Strahan tweeted, excited to see the Giants bringing back the classic blue uniforms and helmet. Brings back great memories. Now let's get back to work and make some more. So while the Jets uh, are going in a completely new and contemporary way, I don't like them, I mean, the Giants are hoping that the, these Super Bowl-era uniforms are going to bring the Giants back to real glory real soon. I think they got the building blocks in place, as do the Jets, definitely. I think both teams are on the right track. But how to get that off my chest that these Jets uniforms are awful and the Giants uniforms are quite good. Okay, quickly, let's go to Douglas in the Bronx. You've been waiting a while. Go ahead, Douglas. Hey, Danielle. Good afternoon. Good afternoon. <laughs> yeah. A, a little did we know, the Yankees acquired a home run dirt pitcher named Aroldis Chapman. <laughs> Yeah, oh, bad. Yeah, when 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 he when Santander hit slugged that home run last night, it did give me like some similarities to when he gave it up to Rajai Davis in that World Series. Obviously, different game scenario. That was a game seven. Last night was just a regular season game. But that same slug, that same hit towards the left field foul pole, and same sinker, same sinker. And I understand it from the Yankees coaching perspective they wanted to rebuild his confidence yeah they want because he They're had trying. a positive inning in, they had a positive inning in houston uh send him back out there maybe they could roll the dice that he'll do well and aaron boone he's uh, uh had an excellent year of course but ever the positive reinforcer praised chapman's fastball in the post game and of course us yankee fans we're exasperated. We're always frustrated uh, when we see Chapman come in. Um, a fastball was not what he threw to Santander. So it's... Uh, it, it's it, frustrating, Douglas. It's and, and the problem, yeah, the problem is the same old song with the world as Chapman. And that fastball and the confidence that he has lost in that fastball has, has, has I don't know, it's just been, I don't even want to say snowballed, but it's like been an avalanche for him. He's buried underneath the avalanche. 
He can't get out of the fastball is not effective. He doesn't know how or can't reinvent himself as a pitcher versus a thrower. And we talked about this. I saw this months ago. And he hasn't been able to do it. And the fact of the matter is, unfortunately, the Yankees are going to need him. They're going to need him. And finally, they've listened where they've put him in a position where at least if you put him in the seventh inning, you've got... You know, you've got guys that could, uh, you know, hitters that could potentially get the game back if he, if and when he gives it up. It's 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 hard. It's hard. Ray in Union is that New Jersey? Ray, you're up on the fan. Oh, hi. how are you today? Good. How are you? Good. Well, the caller just called stole a little bit of my thunder mm-hmm. because I'm very upset about this Chapman situation. You know what? You say that they need him. He doesn't have it anymore. He doesn't have it. If he doesn't get the ball where he needs it, he's wild. When he came in yesterday, I couldn't believe it. I said, watch, this guy's going to give up a home run. Mm-hmm. And he did it, okay? Wasting your time with this guy. you got to move on. Get rid of him, okay? you got to do something with him. you got to find somebody else to replace him. He's not He's not going to win you games in, with the Mets. He's not going to win you games with Houston. He's just not going to do that. Yeah. This guy doesn't have it anymore. Stop wasting your time with him, okay? What, what, he almost blew the game for them yesterday. He just lost two games with Houston. Now you're going to go almost lose last night? I know, but Come what on. are you going to do with him? There are no options. They're out of well, options what are you with, do with What are you going to do with Gallo, too? The same situation. The same he's situation. Gallo, he's like... He's, he's a wasted guy. He's like having a pitcher in your lineup. Yep. Come on, you're going to change it. I got a trade for you, okay? I watched them play Cincinnati, and they got three guys in Cincinnati that I would like to get. You need a pitcher, okay? Castillo is number one, mm-hmm. okay? Drewy, the, the kid could play anywhere in the infield and the outfield. Who was that? I missed, you, cut, you cut out for a second. What was that name? Drewy, the, the kid that oh, played Oh, Drewy, Drewy, yeah, yeah. Okay, gotcha, yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. Now, he could... He could play the outfield. He could play the – get rid of – you know what? Texas wants Gallo. Just give it back to him. Take him. <laughs> put this kid there. You know, Donaldson isn't doing a great job. He's no. a decent – a good fielder, but he's not hitting the ball. Mm-hmm. This kid is a contact hitter. He's a very – and he, and he can play other positions, okay? And then they got this kid, Sam Martin. He's a lefty reliever. This kid's good. Make a trade. you got to do something. You, they're not going to go anywhere with the team that they have right now. Okay. Yeah, and the they pr- don't hit home runs. They don't win ball games. Right. Exactly. Okay. Exactly. And and Stanton. sorry, sorry, I thought you were done there, but uh, exactly, they don't hit home runs. They don't win ball games. That that's true. And and I tabulated it through the first I don't know thirty something games of the season, and that held true for most of them. Yeah. And then you heard had Mark Feinstein tweeting that the the Yankees are are in serious contention for Andrew Benintendi. If that trade happens today, oh man, hopefully it happens in the next forty five minutes. That would be wonderful. Because that, that's what the Yankees need. That's what's going to win ball games. That's it. Marlon in Rocky Point, New York. You've been waiting on hold. Go ahead, Mark. Marlon. Yeah, how you doing? Uh, I, if I would have woke up this morning and I hadn't followed baseball all season mm-hmm. and I listened to you, I would think the Yanks were like 25 games under 500. Let's finish out the season and retool and uh, get them next year. Why would you say I, I that? Why, but why, 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 well, give me examples of why you would think that. I had the whole time. Yeah, just the whole time. I've been listening for a couple hours on and off. It just it just seems like you have a, like you're a Yankee. But you don't but you don't have any but you don't have any specific examples? 
You just don't like the tone, is what you're yeah, saying. I haven't heard you say anything positive about the team with the best record in baseball. That's all I'm Nothing saying. Nothing positive? No, that that no. You must have missed the, when I said that Aaron Judge is the team's MVP. He might as well be the league's MVP. He's about to beat Roger Maris's record this season. That the, None of it? You heard none of that? You're just selective hearing. I guess. No, I heard, I heard you talk about Judge. Oh. What else? All I heard was negative, negative, negative. Really? Yes, I'm huh. sorry. And, uh, you know, I think you're a great host, but huh. I didn't like today at all. Thank Not you. at all. Oh, oh, hey, I didn't hang up on him. He just hung up. He just did that. I didn't do it. I didn't do it. Sorry you feel that way, Marlon. Sorry your feelings are hurt. <laughs> Frank in Manhattan. Go ahead, Frank. Hello. Uh, how, how are you? I'm a, I'm a Mets fan, but, you know, I agree a little bit with what that gentleman just said. A lot of uh, not only you, but a few other uh, announcers in this city consider kind of falafel the worst thing that ever hit the Yankees. Well, that's not I what mean, I said. Are you sure you listened to the well, right show I, there, I Frank? Mean, that's not what I said. Were made, statements were made about him. Well, uh, I got a train passing overhead. <laughs> that's okay. I'm, I'm, <laughs> matter of fact, I'm on Roosevelt Avenue trying to look for parking to go to the Met game tonight. There you go. But getting back to falafel. Uh, kind of falafel. Yeah, he's, but, he's, but but wait, hold on, right there. What statements did I make about Kiner Falafa? I, I would like to know. I don't care what anybody else said here. Well, you know, I've, I've been hearing like it's negative. Like, but, but he's know, an average shortstop. You know? How is that negative? The guy is an average shortstop. He's a stopgap shortstop. Well, well, you got sixty. You got sixty wins with an average shortstop. That's right. So, you do. You I have mean, sixty you wins have, with an average shortstop. Two, you can't have superstars at every. That's position. not what I'm saying. You know. That's not what. The, no, you missed the point of the conversation. The point of the conversation was he's an average shortstop. They're waiting for the next coming, which is Anthony Volpe. And that's why they didn't dive into the off-season shortstop market, the very deep market, is because they believe in Volpe. I mean, what's wrong with the? Why is that negative? A lot of a lot of a lot of talk about the Yankees is about mostly shortstop. But I'm talking I mean, about now. How is that negative, there, Frank? It what. A lot. You you said that that he's a he's not a good shortstop. I said he's an average shortstop. That there's a difference. So even even if he's average, he he deserves to be there. The Yankees shouldn't be trying to get another top notch shortstop. That's not what Let I said, Frank. Frank, you're not listening. Is there another train going over, Frank? Frank, the Yankees believe in Anthony Volpe. I'm not giving up Anthony Volpe unless the, the deal knocks me out of the chair I'm sitting in right now. That's the future of the Yankees. That's what I'm saying. I, I, all right, Frank, Isaiah Kiner-Falefa is an average shortstop. He's not bad. He's not good. He's average. So that's the point I'm trying to make, that the Yankees believe so much in Volpe that they did not go out and get one of those main guys. Well, I, I've been listening. I've been listening. Uh, I listened to the show today, and then I've been listening all week. To me, because I, I haven't I been on all week there, Frank. I was on Wednesday night. Were you listening then, too? No, no, I didn't say oh, you. I, didn't say I don't care what anybody else show. says here, Frank. I worry about me here. And, and they put this poor kid out to dry a lot of, a lot of the Well, take it up with them, Frank, not me. <laughs> incredible. incredible. What's so incredible? You're blaming me for something someone else said there, Frank. I do the research. I know what I'm talking about. Kiner Falefa is an average shortstop. He's a stopgap shortstop that prevented, no, I'm sorry, wrong word, that the Yankees used to get 
so that they don't go off the deep end and try to acquire an all-star at the shortstop position because they believe so much, rightfully so, in Anthony Volpe being the next coming of Derek Jeter. That's not negative. And I can't take responsibility for what anyone else says here on this station. I worry about me. I was on Wednesday night. You said you you didn't say that you listened to my show on Wednesday night for five hours. Come on, man. You got to come better. You have to be better than that. Sorry. Bob and Bayside, you're up next on the fan, Bob. By the way, kind of fell off is is above average shortstop. He makes every play. He puts his bat on the ball. Uh, but let, let me let me. Move I'm just on looking up shortstops leading league right. in in errors. But go ahead while you do that. I'll look this da- up. Danielle, I know you're up on all things Italian. I got a piece of trivia Tell for me. you. What is the number one city in the United States out of 19,000 cities mm-hmm. that is the most Italian city? You know, percentage of its population. I'll give you a hint. It's yeah, I feel like Jersey. this is a trick question. I'll give you a hint. It's in New Jersey. Jersey. Oh man. Fairfield, Fairfield Connecticut. Wait, what? Fairfield, New Jersey, is the most Italian city in really? the United States. Well, that's cool. Okay. Anyway, uh, <laughs> they should put, when you get to the playoffs, you don't have to have a five-deep rotation. I would put Tyone in the bullpen. You, 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 you're solid with Cole. Uh, hopefully Severino is healthy. And Nestor will give you, like, uh, uh, five solid innings to keep you in the game. It's not a but, bad idea. And but, Ty, Tyone can let it all hang out for an inning or two. He's got good stuff. Mm-hmm. Two games ago, he, he he retired 17 in a row. He was unhittable. I know his last game wasn't good, but uh, I would put Tyone in the bullpen. Start grooming him in September to be in the bullpen. Well, that's fine, but then that, you're going to have to pull in a uh, a um, another starting pitching for somewhere. No, in, in the playoffs, you don't need five deep. You've got, you've got Cole. Severino, hopefully he's healthy. Yeah, well, that's the thing. That's then what I'm talking got, about. Then you got well, you got three months to get the guy healthy. Then, then, then you got and you got Montgomery. You got four deep already. Yeah, you, you, one of the, you're not going to go five deep in the playoffs. I mean, Tyone's got good stuff. He does, and it's not a bad move there, Bob. Moving Tyone to the bullpen is not a bad move. But uh, who's your number two? I, I can't trust Luis Severino. I just can't. I just can't trust Severino. All right, so we, we have to take a quick break here. Sorry about that. And we'll continue with your calls at 877-337-6666. Welcome back to Danielle in the Daytime here on The Fan. I'm Danielle McCartan, your host with you till 2. JR Sports Brief comes your way then. Uh, just following up on uh, one of the last calls, uh, errors committed as a shortstop. Okay? Isaiah Kiner-Falefa, 11. Okay? Pena, 13, Anderson, 12. Then there's a 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6-way tie for third place with Isaiah Kiner-Falefa and his 11 errors, part of that three-way tie. The guy is an average shortstop, period. That's it. On the field, he is an average shortstop. Chris in Middle Island, you're up next on the fan. Hey, how's it going? Well, first of all, you're 100% right. There's nothing wrong with an average shortstop. People... I'm sitting in the pool with my nine-month-old listening to you, and people just are ridiculous what they're saying. But if you can get, if you could trade even your top three prospects, I'm a Dodger fan. If we had to give up Bobby Miller and the two guys under him to get a proven yes guy, you do it. You do yes. it because you have no idea what Volpe's going to be. You have no clue what he's going to be for one. 
Soto, there's a million top prospects that are nothing. So if you can make that move, and that's a, a world that puts you above Houston. If the Dodgers get him, it puts us above everybody in the yeah. Well, the one th- the one thing I will say about Volpe is this: that at the point I was trying to make before, and I thought I made it quite clearly, was that th- that the Yankees value Volpe so much that right. they didn't go all star diving for a shortstop. So they must believe in him enough that they do want to hang on to him, and they see him projected to be. And I know it's just a projection on a prospect, but they project him to be the the. The Yankees shorts up for a long time, so I don't know right. if I'd be willing to part with that. But in New York, you have to win now. It's been a while since the Yankees won anything. It's been a long time since the Mets won it. I'm a Jets season ticket holder. Any move the Jets can make to make the team better, I don't care what we trade. If we have to trade, let's do it because I want to win. I, yeah. I can't wait. It's always next year, next yeah. year, next. Year. In New York, we can't do that. Yep. The Knicks, next year, next year. We're rebuilding. New York, we have to win. We need. To, it's been too long since we won anything. It's it's horrible here. Yeah. It's it's. Make the move. Let's win now. It, you can't keep rebuilding because like, the rebuilding lasts forever. It's just, it's, if you could do it, do it, and then try to win. And then if it doesn't work out, it doesn't work. I mean, you got to try at least. I mean, give the fans something. I mean, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, I, I get it, Chris. I, I get it. Um, but if it's me and I am the GM of the New York Yankees, I am holding on to Anthony Volpe for the reasons I just outlined. Let's go to uh, Stu in Connecticut. You've been hanging on. Stu, go ahead. Hello. How are you? Good. How are you, uh, Stu? Um, just curious. I'm hearing all the uh, the banter, and I I understand. But I think the one thing that uh, uh, IKF has done is he's added more spark in the lineup. Yes, he is. He is severely uh, he is underperformed to a certain extent uh, the shortstop position, but he's done well as an overall scope. And I would rate him not just average, but above average. The, the, but the- the I one thing, Stu, Stu, the one thing yeah. that he does bring to this Yankee lineup, offensively speaking now, is that he is the quote-unquote anti-Yankee. The guy who gets on base, he runs the base as well. Yeah, yes, I get it. Yes, but I would still peg him well, that, as just and average. And, and that's correct, but as a, what's his value? He leads the, I think he leads the team in stolen bases, and, and I believe the Yankees are number one or one number one in solo base. Yeah, I, I, you're, clo- you're close, because I did see that, too, a couple days ago on TV. Yes. Yes. Yeah. So, and he's part and, of that transformation. Not, yes, you're right. And and I would probably trade, God, if they wanted uh, the the, uh, the uh, center fielder, that young center, 19-year-old center fielder, I'd almost... Dominguez, you mean? Yeah, Dominguez, Jason Dominguez, correct. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yes, from that perspective... You're looking at a 19-year-old versus yep. a 23-year-old. Mm-hmm. Hey, guess what? You have proven success. But I also think the other shortstop that is is the is probably the better is Peraza. I would probably I would say Peraza may be or maybe at the same level as Volpe. They're both doing well in the in the minors. Mm-hmm. So it could be one or the other, in my opinion. But uh, you know. I think IKF was a short-term. So he was only a short-term solution this year. Maybe, maybe most of this year, maybe part of the way <clears throat> they'll uh, they'll add in a Volpe or a Peraza. But he's not a long-term fix anyway. He's a great member to the Yankees, but he's not a long-term solution. No way intended. He's done what he's done this year. 
and he's changed the infield and the offense yes. in positive way. Yes. That's my That's right. And he's still average. And that's it. He is he is the anti Yankee. And any Yankee fan knows what I'm talking about because it's like the feast or famine, home run ball, this and that. Isaiah Connor-Falefa represents the opposite of, of that. For, and for that, you have to be grateful. Doesn't negate the fact that he's still an average shortstop. And that's fine because the Yankees believe in Anthony Volpe. That's it. All right. And you order to call Rick in High Point. You're up next on the fan. Hi, Dan. How are you doing? I'm good. How are you? Hey. Yeah, I'm just calling. I kind of got off track with all your shortstop talk. Yeah. But uh, I just want to say, at any level, from little league to the major league, you're only as good as your shortstop. You just you're just not going to win anything without a, a top flight shortstop. Hmm. But what I really called about was uh, Joey Gallo. How everybody's killing him. The guy can run. He's got power. He hustles. They talk like he's a dog. Yeah, he's a like plus defender. It's just he's not getting it done at the plate, and and in, and you've seen it in, in against great pitching. This Yankees team, yeah. in, in in general, can't get it done. But like the other day when Judge got hit, and he they just fight him over to center field. They don't miss a beat. Yeah, I mean this guy's got value. I mean it's not okay. I'm not saying he's a all star or you know even I say the top half, but the guy's not killing you. I'd be happy to get a nice relief pitcher for him. That's what I would be happy with. Well, I was thinking about David Robertson. You know, where the Cubs, you know. Yeah, it's not bad. I think that would work. You know, he's pitched in New York. Mm -hmm. Oh, David Robertson I love. I'm just wondering if Joey Gallo for David Robinson would work. I'm not sure. Oh, I don't know. But, yeah, David Robinson I love. He's number one on the top of my list for Mets and the Yankees relief help. I mean, I'd rather, I mean, I'd send a Marin Hicks first. You know, yeah, me but, too. Uh, yeah, me too. But <laughs> not with that contract, he's locked in. Yeah, and I know, and you got to make the money work, and it, it goes on and on. Yeah. But I, I just think people don't realize, like a lot of these fans, you know, you watch Gallo. He runs hard. He could steal a base. You know, he, I know. He's the, not. He's not. I know, Rick, and and I like to defend him too. It's just the time to defend him has has has. I mean, he he got to get on base to run the bases, right? You got to get on base. To make a single into a double and then steal third or whatever it is. I, I get it. And there's a lot to like about him. The problem is you just can't get on base. If he would just lose that launch angle kind of swing and kind of reinvent himself, then he'd be a lot more um, useful. And apparently, according to a lot of reports, a lot of team executives think that that in a different uniform, they can make him useful again. Good. All right. That's great. John in New Fairfield. You're up next on The Fan. Hi, thank you so much for taking my call. Hey, thanks you know, for I, I do feel I do feel really bad for Joey Gallo. I genuinely like him, but I unfortunately think that they'll have to fill his position in some way. But yep. my number one trade target for the Yankees at the deadline has to be Luis Castillo. Yes. I just think when they if they can get a number two starter to put behind Garrett Cole, yes. it really trickles down to the entire rest of the pitching staff. And I think it's even more important now that they've lost Michael King, and because of the injury concerns with Severino, because you have a lot of pitchers on this staff, whether it's Clay Holmes or even Tyone coming back from Tommy John, Nestor, they're swimming in very deep waters. Well, Nestor hasn't ever pitched this number of innings in in a single season in his entire career. We just left the the All-Star break, so there's quite some concern there, yes. 
Exactly. So I think if you go out and you solidify it with a guy who's going to be a 200-inning starter, yep. you get him for multiple playoff runs, it's going to cost you a package, but that's the cost of winning. And the Yankees have to have a starting rotation into the playoffs that's going to be bona fide. There's too many question marks, and it's tripped them up in the past. And I think that in the playoffs, you have to fill innings and outs. You had Chris Sale close a World Series in 18. You had Julio Urias close a World Series in 2020. Mm-hmm. You had Nate Evaldi coming out of the bullpen for Boston. Yep. I think there's nothing wrong with a dynamic pitcher like Luis Severino giving us two, three innings out of the pen, maybe pairing him with Nestor, having Nestor go three, Severino go three. Yep. Got to get creative with this stuff, and I think that exactly. if you go out, right. and John, you that's get a Luis exactly. Yes, it exactly starts with, with a, uh, an acquisition of a really Number two, like like we started this show at 10 a.m., the Yankees need a number two dude. And for me, you know, Luis Castillo, I'm looking at his contract. All right, he's a free agent in 2024. Okay, so he might be a little expensive. But, okay, if it's not Luis Castillo, right, if the Yankees cannot get him, because obviously he is the apple of all of the team's eyes, right, to, to at least the ones that are contending and buyers at the deadline. If it's not him, I, I've got two other suggestions for you, and and the two that I I, get, I threw out because they're going to be a little bit cheaper because they're not they're free agents in 2023. Both of these guys, I would look at in this order: Johnny Cueto from the Chicago White Sox. We'll see where they're at a week from now, and I would definitely if if, if they ended up not making him available, then I would definitely slide down to my next choice, which is Jose Quintana from the Pittsburgh Pirates. You know they're going nowhere. Those are the two I would look at. Uh, I know Frankie Montas. I don't know whether people just like saying his name or because <laughs> it's fun to say Frankie Montas. It's like a elf, and but um, he's uh, he, he's a he's a. I, I colored him in. I'm a very color coded person. I colored him in yellow uh, based on what I studied, and and I just I know Shane Beamer is a great pitcher from Cleveland. I don't know if they're going to give him up, but he's not a free agent until 2025. So if you think Castillo is going to cost a lot, Bieber is going to cost much more. Connor, should we do one more or go to break here? One more, he says. Okay, let's go to Richie in Queens. It's your lucky day, Richie. You're up on the fan. Uh, it's my lucky day when <laughs> I speak to you. How are you? Uh, thank you. Good. How are you? All right. A couple of things I kind of disagree with. Um, with you. I mean, Quintana and uh, and Cueto, and I'm a big San Francisco Giants fan. I had Cueto for six years. He's a really good pitcher. But if you're going to go get a guy, you you need a guy with length, and, and Castillo's the guy. You, you've got, you know, Montgomery gets no respect at all. He's got a 3-4 ERA. They scored no no runs for him. So if you can get Severino back, you, you know, right, I mean, well, wait, wait. two months ago. Let's back up for one second. So so Cueto pitches for the White Sox now. He's no longer with San Francisco. Yeah, I understand. He's okay. been gone for two years. But my point is his days are over. He, mm-hmm. You're not going to get a guy like Cueto and, and Quintana and put them in spots where you're going to expect Lent in the playoffs. You're going to get a guy like Castillo is the guy you want to get. Right. That, if it's possible. That, right, exactly. Or Montez. Exactly. Or Frankie Montez. Mm-hmm. I mean, he, you know, he's, he's, he's already he, – his average innings pitch for his career, Frankie Montas, is 177. I'd venture to guess he's north of 100 already now. And I know these are, like, not hard limits here, but, you know, Quintana's a workhorse. Uh, Cueto is a workhorse. And, you know, but he's a 4 ERA guy. And, again, Montgomery's better than he is. So my point is, again, if you want a stud starter – uh, you, I, I don't think putting those guys in that spot is the answer. You know, I, I mean, a month and a half ago, both the Yankees had the best staff in the league, and mm-hmm. all of a sudden there's been issues, and mm-hmm. Cortez was at one point considered better than, than Cole was. I know, so I remember. Cole, Severino, and, and Montgomery, 
And your bullpen is strong, King, if he's out. I just heard that. That's yep. obviously an issue. Out for the year. But, yeah, so, you know, and everybody keeps saying, and, and everybody keeps saying, you got to get the, you get Soto, you're guaranteed. You're not guaranteed anything. Obviously, with him in there, he's proven to be a winner when he was with Washington, there's no doubt. But, you know, the, the Yankees, even now, can beat Houston in the playoffs. And that's the only thing. Well, I don't know about now, that. You know? Richie, I don't know if they could beat him in the playoffs because they, like, haven't. Why? They haven't. And, and, and they, they this season so far, they hit 151 against the Astros. How is that beating the Astros in any sort of right, but meaningful I'm, yeah, game? You've got to get a. You've got to get a bat. I agree with okay. that. Ben Intendi's the bat. Ben Intendi. Yes. Yeah, Gallo is not the answer. Like, everybody says, well, Gallo's not going to be there. Well, then who replaces him? So, yeah, it'd be nice to get a bat to get a bat in there, um, a more consistent bat. But, you know, the Yankees, they're one of the best records in baseball at this point. And I understand now it's a question of, like, you know they're in the playoffs. You know they're going to win the division. Now can they beat Houston? So, yeah, I guess you can upgrade to a certain point. Real quick at the Mets, too, Dan, yeah. is that the Mets, you know, I, I've been touting that Atlanta's the best team in that division. I still feel it. They're going to get Soroka back. I love their pitching with Wright, Anderson, and, and, and Morton's been pitching better. He's a five now. Excellent bullpen. They, they're tremendous offense. The Mets get the ground back. Obviously, they go up up the ladder. It's going to be the, you know, the, the back end. Diaz has really been a stud, so... It's really great to see both teams doing really well at this point. But I love it. Getting Soto, one of those guys, um, I mean, one of those teams, does Soto make them better? No doubt. You know, baseball is the one team, though, the one sport that one guy can't dominate totally because he's only up four times. Right. And if he has a bad series, you never know. But, yeah, it's really going to be interesting what they do. I think this deadline is going to be phenomenal. It's not going to be as aggressive because there's a lot of teams that have a shot to the playoffs, mm-hmm. including my San Francisco Giants. There you go. I don't know if, if they're going to be a seller or a buyer. But, yeah, I think it's going to be great. And it's always good talking to you. You have a good day. Richie, thanks for that. And uh, we do have to head to break. But it's very nice when both teams are really good here. And, and for the record, I don't think Soto is being traded before the deadline. I think that's going to be more of an offseason thing. Connor's killing me. We have to go to a break. And we'll finish up here strong with your calls at 877-337-6666. All right, let's get right back into this. I am Danielle McCartan with you for another, I don't know, few minutes or so. So if you called the show, you deserve to get on. So we do have a full call board here. We're just waiting uh, people to get on. So if you're there, uh, please keep it short, keep it succinct, and uh, and we can get through everybody because everybody that calls deserves to get on. So we're continuing with the baseball conversation. Um, it has been g- getting very heated at times, uh, and we'll just we'll, we'll dive right into what you guys want to talk about. Okay, let's go. Josh in the Bronx, you're up first here on The Fan. I won't keep you long at all. Daniel, it's just that when they make those trades and everything, I am going to listen and see how you grade how the Mets and the Yankees did during the trade deadline. And I want to give a shout out to your softball team. I heard (laughs) heard them during the middle of the week. Thank you for taking my call. (laughs) Thanks, Josh. I appreciate that. Mm -hmm. And any trade that the Yankees and Mets do make, you know I'm going to be on top of it. You know I've already been on top of them. So, and you know I have. Well, research, wish list, and all that. You, you guys, you know that already. Uh, let's go to Dave in the Bronx. You're up next on the fan, Dave. Hey, thanks. Uh, be quick. I just wanted to see if you think uh, we should get rid of Boone if we don't uh, advance either the World Series or at least, you know, win the pennant. Uh, do you think we should get rid of Boone? Because I think we need someone a little older like uh, Lou Pinella, Dusty Baker, that type of guy. I know it's not kind of the, you know, in, in, in fashion or in yeah. bold thing to say, but I, I just think uh, Boone is, 
he's tired. I think he's just tired out there. Yeah, Dave. Okay, anyone hearing? Hang up so you can hear that the response here because I know there's like a little delay because I've called here before as a caller. Uh, Boone is uh, signed through 2024 with the New York Yankees. Um, so my my hunch is that fans will be calling for his head. Let's 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 project a couple months from now. Fans will be calling for his head on a stake. I think the Yankees, the the organization, is very happy with Aaron Boone. Um, he has produced how many hundred win teams in the what five years that he's been here. So I think the Yankees themselves are quite happy with him, but I understand the frustration level, what the frustration level would be should the Yankees, you know, not get to the promised land again and fall short again. Dominic in North Carolina, you're up next on The Fan. Yes, good afternoon. I love your program, but Thank you. I got to push back on behalf of fat guys everywhere <sighs> on your criticisms of Vogelman. Okay, I didn't, one, say, I didn't say anything about his weight, so let's just forget about that. I didn't say that. I said I'm fat. So what I'm saying is, number one, he's got a 900 OPS against righties. He hit 30 home runs for the Mariners in 2019. That's great. Number two, number two, you can't judge the trade because there's other things clearly that are happening. I hate giving up Holderman, but Trevor May's coming back, and I think this means we're going to move Dom Smith, hopefully for something good. Mm-hmm. And lastly, the Mets are a perfect fit for him because all us fat guys can tell you, vertical pinstripes are very slimming. <laughs> as are the black jerseys on Friday night. <laughs> All we need to do is keep them away from lefties and the blue jerseys, and we'll be great. Well, there you go there. And and, and, and project, my projection, I didn't read this anywhere, but my projection for Trevor May is probably about another month out, just so everybody knows that that's my projection. He hasn't even started a rehab assignment yet. Uh, Vogelback's great. He, he's half of a DH, though. 150, 141 against lefties, slugging 156 against lefties. He's, he, he's a great acquisition if you want half of a DH. I don't know. Uh, Randy and Westbury, you're up next on the fan. How are you? Hey, Randy, uh, what's up? Real quick. Yeah. Just a real quick thing. Everybody's got to calm down. we got a nice bit of season left to go. Yep. And this team, the Mets are honestly only a couple pieces away from really doing something special here. Yep. The only thing I'm really worried about is getting DeGrom to stay healthy and come back. Because we need to, if, if the starters are all in place, it's going to ease up the pen because the pen's been getting beat to crap yep. all year. And I'll tell you, you know, regardless, I, I mean, Lugo was what he was for years. Love him. But these guys have been literally clawing and hanging on by a thread for the last couple of months just to keep this team in it. And, I mean, you got to give that, the pitching staff a lot of credit of when course. there's literally no true ace around for a while. Of course. So take a deep breath. I guarantee you, Uncle Stevie's going to do something <laughs> else before the trade deadline's over. And as far as the guy from Pittsburgh, Vogel, I mean, I don't know. I don't, maybe somebody sees something we're not seeing. Yeah. But um, we'll see what happens. You know something? It's been an enjoyable message. Oh, no. I, I'm, you know, and I'm grateful for that. All right, Randy. Where it leads, and thanks for the time. Thanks. You're cutting out in and out a little bit. I almost had to dump you there, but yeah, g- great perspective. Uh, perspective. We probably should have ended on that call. We got two more here. John in West Norwich, Connecticut. You're up on the fan. Hey, Danielle. How are you? I'm great. How are you? I know. I know you're you're um, pressed for time. Um, the Mets have, uh, I, I believe, had ten and a half game lead. Now, so they've lost nine games off that lead. I, and I'm a Yankee fan, but I don't agree with the narrative that. Buck Showalter is a great manager. And I can go back to the 95-96 comparison. We don't have time for that. Mm-hmm. If the Mets should lose their lead and fall into second place or got to bid, because I, I, would, I want to see them in the playoffs. But if they even miss the playoffs, 
What happens to the journalistic uh, media not, uh, narrative then that he's a great manager? Yeah, you know, and, and John, I appreciate you cutting that uh, very short there. Um, here, here's the thing. Anybody that's a fan of my show knows that the question, the biggest question mark I had about Buckshaw Walter, I didn't celebrate, celebrate it really like everybody else did here. Um, I, I actually kind of question the fact that, okay, well, let's see him manage a bullpen in, in a really difficult situation. He kept Britain on the bench and cost them the series in Baltimore. So uh, that is the, the pages of the Buckshaw Walter book that remain to be seen. However, he's been pretty good so far this season. I, I would chalk off maybe two or three wins directly correlated to him. Oh, ah, we couldn't get it to all. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. We tried. This is twice in a row. Oh, all right. Well, how about this? If you're still on the, you can send me an email. I'll, I answer emails. I answer tweets and everything. Um, so sorry about that. Uh, well, thanks to all the callers. I could not have done this without you. And I love coming here and talking with every single one of you, even the ones that piss me off. It's all right. <laughs> if you missed any portion of today's show, select the start of it, which was uh, 10 a.m. on the Odyssey Rewind feature. Great job to Ed Arzuman, Big Zoo, Connor Green behind the glass always, and uh, Peter Schwartz on the updates. I'll see you guys again Saturday night, 10 p.m. to 2 a.m. So the direct inverse of this. Saturday night, 10 p.m. to 2 a.m. Coach McCartan on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook.com slash Coach M-C-C-A-R-T-A-N. Until then, enjoy the sunshine, everybody. I'll be back with you next Saturday here on The Fan. Sports Radio 101.9 FM. The Fan. W-O-R-D.